Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 339 of Potato Thumbs Podcast. This week, we are sponsored by Native Raiders Smoke Clouds, specifically from his nose. That's right. Are you a ninja looking to get away from enemies? Do you just kind of like smoke machines and parties and stuff like that? Well, you are in luck. No more of those harsh chemicals need to be ingested by your lungs. You don't need to worry about throwing sand or explosives or anything like that. Just put Native Raider in your pocket. Whenever you need smoke, he'll hit his vape, blow that shit out of his nose, and boom, you're gone. You're out of there. That's right. And you know what, guys? I am not only sponsored by Native Raiders No Smoke, but I am actually a proud user. Uh, they sent me a sample Native. Uh, I've been using it all week. Uh, wife asked me to do dishes. Boom, I'm gone. Upstairs before she even noticed. Uh, my co-host asked me to do something responsible with the show. Boom, I'm gone. Like I wasn't even there in the first place. Guys, I cannot tell you how much this product has changed my life. So if you want to just be irresponsible, you want to just be a ninja. I mean, there's so many applications. Maybe you're getting chased by cops and you need a smoke screen like Spy Hunter back in the day. Just put that native in your trunk, pop the trunk, he blows that shit out, you're gone. Anyways. Thanks for the sponsorship that sponsor sponsorship Native Raider and uh, play that Native intro Raider, music. Native Raider Native Raider <laughs> health claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. <laughs> potato, potato, thumbs podcast. Potato, potato, thumbs podcast. It's Fluffy and the Admiral Playing with their fingers and their nips I, uh, <laughs> I got it out right <laughs> I, I, love that. I love that we both like absolutely just failed so hard on the end of that um, oh, That's the way it goes We are basically the best in the industry at failing Not at intros, because the Blueberry Lounge still exists But... <laughs> If I if I actually wrote down notes and like took time to like think these ideas through before just talking, like they'd probably go really smoothly. But I really like this uh let's hit record and see what happens approach to our sponsors. So we're gonna stick with it for the foreseeable future. I like it. Uh we have a guest today. A much requested guest. Fucking international people. That's right. We are a big shot. We're pulling in the big wigs from overseas. I mean, you're lucky if we even game with you anymore. Uh, we still want your money, but I mean, hanging out, nah. Anyways, uh, who do we have? Do we got Average D2 or we got uh, Scum Death or who's with us this week? We have Mr. Monkey, as requested uh, by Panda <laughs> on the show, so we couldn't say no. Um, also, oh. it was a great decision for him to suggest it because we've all hung out with Monkey across all of the discords and we know how great he is. So. So happy to finally have him on the show. You know, Thanks. I was going to like throw some shade at him and really run with this <laughs> joke that we didn't want to book him, but then you had to say nice things. So <laughs> I guess we just got to be honest with people. <laughs> Don't worry. There are questions about jumping. The nice talk will disappear shortly <laughs> thereafter. <laughs> okay. I'll shut up. Mr. Monkey. Hello, man. Hey guys. How are you? I'm good. Doing well. <laughs> doing well. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to the show. And thank and thanks to Panda for the um, 
forcing you guys to have me on. I know it was against your will, but so yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send Panda the check in the post. You know, I got to say, man, we've played quite a bit. And those that day one thing that we did together, I mean, whew, man, I never want to game with you again. <laughs> I, I don't think we got past the first encounter of Ron. Uh, no, but we were there for like eight or ten hours. So, I mean, it isn't like you like signed on and bailed. I mean, it, you kind of live like, what is it, six, seven hours away time-wise? So, I think, I think that's the most time I've spent in Ron in totality, I think. <laughs> All your clears combined after that? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, for anyone who doesn't know, and jokes aside, uh, Mr. Monkey is pretty fucking awesome. And uh, I, I think it is kind of crazy that he hasn't been on our show yet. Because I, you know, out of the people like that we know, like you are, you're like a good person, man. So I'm glad that is finally happening. And old. I mean, old-ish. We're all old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude. Yeah. I'm nearly Gatorade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you lived in harsher conditions. He's lived down in the south, so he's a soft fifty. <laughs> you know, and it's it really is amazing, like you know, seeing the difference. Like you guys are almost the same age, but I mean, you know that uh, father time. Just you know, you're you're sharp as a whip and gator. You know, mm. no. <laughs> I'm, just <kidding. laughs> I'm just kidding, dude. Uh, I hope he's listening. I only like making fun of my friends when they hear it. Um, yeah, um, me too. <laughs> uh i've actually i've been enjoying uh the art stuff too like we had a dm oh, thanks, going man. and you were he was sending me some of the art that he has up on his walls rob and uh yeah, yeah right up my alley man like i would allow him to decorate my office 100 percent. oh thanks man i picked i picked the pieces that i thought um were more kind of your taste i've i've been collecting art for uh since about 2005 so what's that 19 years um and sort of got into a local artist and then through that sort of developed a bit of a taste for it so the stuff i sent you were photos of street art from all over the world done by a guy who uh lives in sheffield called kid acne he's also an mc so i thought you'd you'd, you'd kind of vibe off that yeah and then um cool. and then another print by a guy called temper who's a Birmingham artist. And again, it was more of a kind of, what would you say, hip-hop, run-DMC type star thing? I mean, yeah, I mean, all I, I really I really enjoyed, like, what you got, like, what you had on your wall, I should say. And then um, even clicking on, like, their links and seeing some of the stuff that they created was really cool. Um, but, man, like, collecting local art and, and, and supporting those people that do that, man, that's, like, that's really awesome. That's really, really cool, man. Like, yeah, so so we, me and my wife went to see an exhibition by this guy called Pete McKee, who's our favourite artist. And when we went to see his exhibition in 20, 2005, it was an exhibition in a pub. Um, at the time, he was working as a delivery driver for a local supermarket. And he was at a bit of a crossroads in his life, and he was deciding whether or not he wanted to kind of jack his job in um, and take apart full time or just use art as a hobby and an outlet and kind of support his wife and his three kids. And his wife had sort of said to him, look, just do what you love and give it a go. And if after a couple of years we're poor, then 
go and get another job. Um, and since then, he's kind of he's gone from strength to strength. He's done work for people like Noel Gallagher, Arctic Monkeys, Paul Smith, the uh, clothes designer. He's done all sorts of stuff. So we we were one of the first people to commission a piece from him. Whoa, um, that's kind of so cool. We, so we've got two big pieces. Uh, I can't afford his stuff anymore, but we've got two sort of big um, four-foot pieces he does. So his style is very much cartoon-based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's cheap paint on MDF. Um, or he's, he's gone up in the world a little bit since then, but kind of that's his style. Uh, it's very cartoony, but it's um, normally around kind of music, culture, lifestyle, what it was like growing up um in fairly poor places in the 1980s sort of late 70s early 80s that's cool man that's super cool um it's definitely something that um that i respect like supporting supporting artists like that man like that's super cool we i i just picked up some stuff from um con young con who we had on the show and uh, he has more stuff on his website and like my, my birthday is coming up and I'm like, I, mean, I think I need to buy more of this for myself for my birthday. Like, <laughs> you know, do I do I need another T-shirt? No, but it's a friend and you're supporting their art. So, you know, it seems like that's that's a good investment, right? Like you're 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 investing yeah, that- in someone doing something creative. I think, I think anybody who's created, be them artists, writers, musicians there's not a lot of money in it unless you get really, really to the top. So I yeah. think if you can support people who aren't mega, mega famous and at the end of the day, not everybody loves the job. And I think if you've got, a, if you've got a creative talent and it can be nurtured, it's very, very hard not to kind of just take the easy route, which is just go and get a job in an office or, a shop or do something that you absolutely hate and it makes yep. you miserable, but at least you're paying the bills. I mean, dude, that's the truth, man. I mean, as someone who made music, as someone who loves drawing, like I look at, I look at my sister's boyfriend and he, he had the courage to be like, I'm going to focus on my art and make my art, my career. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, like he's done a design for Nitro Snowboards. He designed a snowboard for them. He had Magic the Gathering contact him, and he did a Magic the Gathering card that's going to be released. Like he's got all these cool projects coming his way. But I mean, it's scary, man. Like it takes a lot of balls to be like, I'm going to quit my for fer- my um, for sure paycheck, and yeah, that, I'm going to do I, that. I, you know, and and I think I heard someone say that kind of. The, the temptation as a creative is if you've got something to fall back on, you'll fall back on it. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think, I think the only way to do it is kind of just say, look, give it a go, give it two years, give it three years, whatever you can afford. And then if it, if it doesn't work, it, it just doesn't work. You're either in the wrong place at the right, at uh, the wrong time, or it's just, it, it's just not going to work. The, the, the burn the ships, uh, saying, yeah. yeah, if you land somewhere, you burn the ships behind you, so you can't go back, and you have to yeah. you can only go forward. You know, the, but some something has to be said too about where you are in your life to be able to do that. Um, you know, unfortunately, life gets more complicated as you get older, and 
You know, if you choose to um, have a pet, if you choose to have kids, if you choose mm-hmm. to buy a house, like there's a lot of unfortunate things that not unfortunate, but you know what I mean? Like, like factors that can come into play that, that don't necessarily allow people to do that. Right. Like, like it's one thing to like, be like, I'm going to be a starving artist, but it's another thing to be like, my kids aren't going to be starving because I'm a starving <laughs> artist. Right. You yeah, know, there's, there's probably no coincidence that most of the art that's in our house and we've got probably well over a hundred pieces if not more um most of it was born between uh, most of it was bought between 2005 and 2010 and our daughter was born in 2007 and our son was born in 2009 so that probably <laughs> explains why there's no more art in the house yeah 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 well you're getting to that age not quite there yet but a few more years and then uh maybe we can go back to collecting once they head out on their own Oh man, um, our daughter says that she's planning on leaving home. It's about twenty-five, so <laughs> I've got another nine years. Oh man, I you know, <laughs> you know what? Good for good for people who can stay with their parents after they reach eighteen. I got to college, and like the first time I went back home just to hang out for a weekend, I'm like, "Yep, never living at home again." Uh, yeah, I dude. had. When I graduated, there was a two-week stretch where I didn't have any more money and I didn't have a job in Madison. And I moved back home to the farm uh, for a little bit and was, like, digging ditches for my dad and helping on the farm and stuff like that. And we were, like, at each other's throats every day. And my friends back in Madison got found a job for me to come back and work until I could find a full-time job because I already had to leave. And, I mean, listen, I love my parents. Anyone who knows me knows that yeah. I'm always talking about my parents and love Love spending time with them, but good lord, as soon as I hit 18, I couldn't <laughs> live with them anymore. Like, we just, I don't do well in a, uh, living under somebody else's roof. I, I feel that, man. Like, I, um, both of my sisters, my, my biological sister and my stepsister, um, they both stayed at home for many years after they were 18. And, uh, I was like, I, I was 18 and I was like, okay, went to college came back for a summer that lasted a month or two and I moved in with my cousins. I was like, okay. And my, you know, I, I really get along with my, both my parents and I lived with my single mom growing up. So we have a good relationship. We still have a great relationship, but yeah, I went home just like you, man. I went home and they were really cool. Like I was over 18. So as soon as I turned 18, my mom was just like, you know, I, I can make suggestions on what I, how I would like things to play out, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat this, like, do whatever you want, you know, type thing. Like, if you're in my house, respect my house, but, like, you know. And so, so like, it wasn't like it was, it was bad, but, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. Like, I can't, I can't come back and do this. Like, I need to, I need to just go live and be, be poor for a while and have freedoms. Although you said she's only... She's only 16 right now, so yeah, she's, who knows? She's, <laughs> Maybe she'll change her mind about being there till 25. I, I, I think I think she will. I mean, me and her growing up, we had a great relationship. We were dead close, but as she's hit teenage years, we've, we've started to clash more and more, basically, because we're very, very similar. We both love a good <laughs> argument. We, yeah. treat ar- we treat argument as a sport, and it's not about who's right or wrong. It's about who wins. Yeah. Um, and we'll both argue that the sky's green if it if it gets us over the line so (laughs) 
It's fun as long as you're not like my father, whose argument style is whoever can yell the loudest is the most right. Yeah, I I, I, I best be careful saying that, but that's exactly my father-in-law's argument style. It's it's all about the volume, not about the logic. (laughs) Your point doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. It's loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of me and my oldest daughter, and there's a lot of uh, mom and my youngest daughter. So it'll be interesting to see how that all all plays out as they they get older. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, um. Oh, go ahead. No, no. By all means, sir. Why don't you go <laughs> ahead? <laughs> I was going to ask the question that uh, we always ask, like new folks when they're here. You know. How'd you get into Destiny? How'd you get into this community? I mean, I'm sure people have told you, you've told the story before when you were on GDC and any other podcast you may have made it on to, but for our four listeners who may not listen to those <laughs> other shows, uh, you want to <laughs> let them know who yeah, you are sure. what brought you here. So I started playing Destiny D1 Alpha um, and I picked it up and kind of Treated it as a normal game, I guess. At the time, I've all, I've been playing games since I can remember. So I was I've I've had computers since the early eighties, um, variety of consoles, PCs, all sorts of stuff. Um, and I picked up Destiny. I was really into kind of every month. I'd get the official PlayStation UK magazine. But that's when print media was actually more important than the internet. Um, and they talked about the new sort of first-person shooter. Um, I'd not played Halo because I wasn't really an Xbox guy. So I picked it up, um, really liked it. But as I say, I played it like a normal game. I'd sit and play it on my own, completely solo, play it for a bit, do whatever the story or was, and then kind of dip out, play other stuff. And then when there was an expansion, come back, play it, dip out, etc. Um, and then in, sort of bought D2, played D2 in exactly the same way. And then around, I think it was around Curse of Osiris, I remember a print journalist that I followed who was the editor of the PlayStation magazine that I was into said he was going to go on a podcast. And so I thought, mm, I like podcasts. I, I like Destiny. And that's how I found DRP. Um, so oh, he was nice. on DRP. He was on DRP around sort of Curse of Osiris. So because of because of the sort of person I am, I thought, right, well, I really like this. I'll go back and start listening from episode one. So listen from kind of listen to all the back episodes of of, of DRP. So got to hear your name, Fluffy, all all sorts <laughs> of people mentioned on the, on the podcast. <laughs> and then I joined their community, but I was pretty quiet in it because. I was really kind of nervous. I wasn't used to a, a social game. Yeah, the Dirt Fam could be a little bit loud and uh, <laughs> obnoxious from time to time too. Looking fluffy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, and, I, I, and, I, and I met I met a couple of guys through through Derp. So I met Soccer Hawks, um, Link, quite a few others um, who kind of play or, or don't play as much anymore. So. I was chatting in the Discord one day um, and happened to mention, oh, does anyone know of any other Destiny podcasts? And a guy said, oh, I'm just setting up one with my buddy Sin. Um, why don't you come and check it out? Um, so he sent me a link to the Guardian Hub. 
So I joined Guardian Hub um, just before they launched episode one. Oh, that's, cool. how I met, that's how I met Kingsley. I forced him into taking me on a raid. Um, I was quite anxious about the raid, so I might have had a drink or two beforehand. And I think it took, <laughs> us, about, I think it took us about six hours to get through Leviathan. Um, <laughs> to, to be fair, there were some, We've all been there. There was two or three other people who who'd not raided before. Um, Kingsley's so the right was, person to do that with too, because he's incredibly patient when he comes to Sherpa. Like he'll yeah. get, he'll he'll give you suggestions and like, hey, things could go better if you do it this way and stuff like that. But he's also, I've never seen him as the kind of guy who's like, yeah, I'm done and I'm out. He's like incredibly patient even when the team's yeah. struggling. So he's a good person to run with. Leviathan when it first came out was not a easy fast raid to get through. Like it was legit hard. Yeah, oh, so I think know, that, some of those times were rough. Yeah, dude. That, so that was back in whenever TGH launched. I think that was about March. Um, and then sort of through that, obviously, I got I heard you guys on the podcast. So sort of branched out and found the rest of the owl sector. So that's kind of how I got into the community. Awesome. That's cool. It's so crazy, man. Like, I mean, I know Derp back in the day was like thousands of people. Um, but it's so crazy how many of us were part of that community and probably interacted with each other and had no idea. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, even like, like Davis, like I remember hearing Davis's name, like all the time on podcasts, but I never got to play with him because he was a PlayStation guy and I was an Xbox guy. So like we'd interact in the discord, but I never got to hang out with any of those guys. Cause I was on Xbox. Um, or like Chuck, that's, I mean, that's, that's how Rob and I kind of met Chuck was through, through Derp and he was playing with, um, uh, Cyborg all the time, you know, and, and they would talk about trials and all that stuff. And, and I started playing PVP with him and then, I don't know, it's just crazy how that all evolved into the communities that we have today, you know? Now yeah. our recording bots are named after him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, oh, that's cool, man. That's super cool. So, I guess my question there is, played all through D1, from Alpha all the way through, did you raid ever in D1, or was you, I, did you not I raid? Raided, I raided once. Um, there was a quest for the exotic version of No Time to Explain, and uh, yeah. the, fi- the final step was you had to go in Vault. Um, mm. So, I branched out of my comfort zone and actually it was a really really good experience i found this guy through an lfg site and he was looking for a sixth and he was looking for someone who would be patient because he was looking to take his son through vault um for exactly the same reason so uh, i said to him i'm not on mic because i didn't have a mic at the time and social anxiety meant that i didn't want to speak anyway so he just said right well we'll tell you what to do if you understand, just move your character to the left. If you don't understand, move your character to the right, and we'll we'll go through it again. And we went through Vault, and it was a really, really nice experience. Um, the guy and his, his sort of fire team uh, were really sort of chill, and obviously he was being he was being a dad, so he was being super protective of his son, making sure that no one was kind of throwing out cuss words or racial insults or the usual stuff that you get sometimes on online games um and it was a really really nice experience but other than that no uh, awesome. i started ra- started raiding once i'd met sort of kingsley and it was something i'd really wanted to do because i'd heard everyone talk about it um but 
I was really, really anxious. Um, and sort of for the first probably 10 raids I did, and I've said this to a few people before, it got to the point where sort of just before the raid, I was hoping it to get cancelled or someone would pull out or to go disastrously wrong. So I didn't have to sort of summon up the courage to communicate with people or put myself outside the comfort zone because you, I think everyone's heard horror stories and I've, I've done one or two LFG raids where just you've got people who have just been assholes. Yeah. So, yeah. God, anxiety is a bitch. That is yeah. hard. That's really rough. Yeah, but uh, sorry, carry on, Fluffy. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, man, I, I, I understand. I totally understand. Yeah, that's that's me. Whenever I have to go in person to something, I'm like, God, I hope that somebody, I hope the host gets sick and cancels the party, or man, I hope my oh. car breaks down so I don't have to drive to this thing. <laughs> but like online, not a problem for me. But in person, I I feel that in my yeah, heart. Yeah, I've, I've uh, last week I was at a not last week, the week before last, I was at a uh, I'd got a work thing, so I'd got to be, I'd got to go to to, to a two day training session. And then the, the, the straight away the day after was going to be like a, a big event thing. And honestly, it, it sapped the life out of me. Being in a room with people for three days, it killed me. I hate it. I will say I'm, I'm really glad that you did those raids and that they didn't get canceled, man, because you are um, you're a very good person to game with. Like you're very um, just, well, you're an adult. You're chill, you know, like. It's never going to be a bad time. You're not, it's not going to be toxic. Like you're the type of person that people want to raid with. So I'm glad that it worked out. Other than until it gets to the jumping puzzles and then it's guarding down, guarding down, guarding down. I mean, maybe for some people, <laughs> but you know, I don't worry about that. Cause I'm that person. Yeah. I mean, I can get grumpy, but not, you know what? It's never a lack of skill that gets me grumpy. <laughs> Like if people are struggling because they can't do something or it's, you know, it's just difficult for them. That's not the thing that gets me upset. It's the, you know what you need to do and you're not paying attention and you, it's like an awareness thing as opposed to a skill thing. So I, well, I'm also not, while, while I have a reputation as a grumpy raider, it's when people fuck up stuff that they should be able to do and know to do and not because... It's difficult. I'll never well, give anybody grief for difficult. It isn't the first time either. It's when they fuck up like 20 times in a row that you're like, okay. <laughs> I, th- I think I've raided with you a couple of times, Rob, and you've always been really chill, really patient um, until Gator starts doing something stupid because he's got a bounty to complete all. <laughs> uh, this is... <laughs> I actually enjoy raiding with Gator because he is a fun person to play with and, you know, is a good sport when he's getting shit. But the opening to not Roof Nightmares, what was the one before that? Vog. Uh, not Vog. Not Vog. Uh, Vow. 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 The opening yes. to Vow where you have to check and see what the symbol is on the pillar. And we know it's his pillar. And I'm just waiting for him to call out because the other two pillars have gone, so it can only be his pillar. And I'm waiting for him to call it out. And then I have to start calling out Gator, what's the symbol? Gator, what's the symbol? And he has to run back from, like, whatever he was fighting. Like, that one tilted me a few times back <laughs> in the day when we were running with FUD on those FUD raids. Um, I got over it because I'm an adult and it's a video game. So just fucking don't be such a baby, Rob. But, oh, my God, in the moment, <laughs> I was just like, 
I muting my mic and just like cussing up a storm to myself. And then I'm like, <laughs> all right, guys, good try. Let's do it again. Maybe make sure we watch our pillars this time. Outside, <laughs> outside of the sort of TGH crew. So I've raided a lot with Kingsley over the years and Kato um, and Muffin. Um, outside them, um, Gator's probably the person I've raided with the most. So I like giving him crap, but he's, he's a, He's a fun guy to raid with, and he, he knows his stuff as long as he's on ad clear, and he doesn't need to do too much thinking. I mean, we only give him shit because he's a really good friend and a good person. Yeah. If if he wasn't if he wasn't a good friend, we wouldn't we wouldn't give him shit. But um, same thing we do with Ghost. We put Ghost on yeah. ad clear and tell him not to think too much, and he does great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What, what I love about raiding with Gator is he's he'll spend because I am. I like to think anyway that I'm quite a chill person uh, and he'll spend probably the entire raid trying to get me to break. So he'll, <laughs> he'll do everything in his power to just to try and get me to lose my calm just a little bit. That's awesome, man. That was awesome. I love that. Yeah. He's a, to have. he's a solid dude. There's a reason why I drove like four and a half or five hours to have lunch with him when I was on vacation with my family because, uh, you know, there's some great people in the Destiny community, and if you can hang out with them over a meal, you should take the time to do it. Four or five hours is about half of our country. I could get to Scotland in just a little bit over that. You know, you look at Florida on a map, and it doesn't look that big, but you start driving through Florida, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> and it's fluffy, so we just know that he's going to be driving in Florida, whether it's for vacation and he drives to the wrong coast, or if he wants to go hang out with Gator. <laughs> Yeah, goddamn, that was that was something else. <laughs> uh, um, man, I should have written it down. I had something to say, and I totally lost it. Okay, um, well, we do have some questions. Should we? Yeah, a lot of questions. Those? Yeah, let's hit those. All right, Popular I'm gonna man. go. We're speaking of Gator. He so this is this is how good this dude is. In the past, like I've hit him up and said, "Hey, so and so is going to be on the show," and he'll send me questions. Gator came to me and said, when is monkey recording? I'm like Saturday. He's like, okay. And then he came back with a bunch of questions. So uh, I purposely, he asked me and I said, let's keep these secrets. So you can't prep at all. Uh, I've not, I've not read any of the discord questions. Actually. I try and avoid them. I try and avoid them. I, I really like, I really, I really like the surprise factor on questions. Like even for us, like, the the less preparation, the more like natural response you can have. Um, it might not be what you want to say, but it's usually entertaining. So that's I don't know. Maybe that's just me though. I also don't write down our sponsors and just fly by the seat <laughs> of my pants. So maybe that's just how my brain works. <laughs> I was very impressed you did that off the cuff. I was trying not to laugh when you were doing that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty rare that I take notes. Usually, I just come up with like like it's it's just a headline like. I it maybe ten minutes before the show. Uh I think I was I think it was when I was taking a shower. I was like, what am I gonna do? And I just I had just drawn like that that um, emote of, of Native Raider and I was like, Yeah, we're just gonna go with the emote that I draw or drew. Like that's gonna be the subject for tonight's uh tonight's sponsor. Anyways. Uh okay, Gator. Uh question for Mr. Monkey. Do you plan on visiting the States, especially Florida? And when are we sharing a pint? 
Uh, I'd love to visit the States. I've only ever been out once and I went out on a work thing um, a long time ago. I think I was in my 20s, so probably about 30 years ago, coming up to. Okay. Hey, um, the last time the Cowboys uh, did anything in the playoffs. Fuck those guys. I, 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 ironically, it was um, Denver I went to. Okay. Um, I went to like a work thing. So we we're only in Denver for about four days. And the the sort of cultural highlights I saw was we got take took to a steakhouse in a bar, um, where I found out what Rocky Mountain oysters were, and I was quite yeah. glad I'm veg- <laughs> I was quite, I was quite glad I was vegetarian. Um, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> and we got taken to the um, cultural fine dining experience that's Hooters, um, which was eye opening to say the least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are yeah, better we, things to do in Denver, but maybe not with work co- colleagues. Nowadays, Denver is much different than it was mid '90s Denver. Yeah, I was gonna say like you got to remember too, like the time, like that was like it's so funny that that was a big thing, but that was like a big thing in the '90s, like and and you know that this was the era of Big Johnson T-shirts, you know, and and like all that other shit. Like I don't know. Yeah, I remember going there and just being like, uh, this is not awesome. And then you like look around and you're like, there's a lot of really sad dudes in here. <laughs> okay, anyways. So not coming over anytime super soon, but would like to. Yeah. Gotta get them kids to do something with their lives. Grow up. Have you considered subletting them to Nike to get some extra income? <laughs> well, the kids have the kids have only been abroad once. So we took them abroad for the first time last year. Took them to Venice. Um, oh, so we would they, they were due to go away with my wife and her family uh, just as COVID struck. So my oh, wife's yeah. my wife's half Greek Cypriot. So her father was going to take them over to Cyprus and show them kind of where he grew up um, and show them around Cyprus. Uh, but that, that never awesome. happened. That never happened due to COVID. So. Um, for a variety of reasons, money and, and other bits and pieces, we couldn't really uh, take them away until last year and we took them to Venice for four days. That's cool, man. That's super cool. I've heard Venice is an awesome tourist experience. I've never been, but uh, it sounds like it's, it's made pretty nicely for the tourist. It, it's amazing. And, and to be honest, it's probably not going to be a tourist destination for too much longer. Um, they're trying to crack down on the amount of tourists that come in predominantly cruise ships because it's a destination for cruise ships so mm, you see cruise ships go in and apparently the amount that the people who are on cruises actually spend or contribute to the city's economy is is really really minimal because they're only there for a couple of hours so they don't yeah. spend a lot of money but the the kind of buildings um and the kind of waterways and stuff weren't built to have heavy machinery like cruise yeah. ships um approach them so it's a road in the city quite uh, quite a dramatic uh, rate it nearly got um i think it's unesco um like uh protection um but i think they just avoided it this time but so it's, it's probably not going to be a, a viable tourist destination in decades to come so yeah, same with we Machu Picchu, by the way so if you wanted to get there go soon because they're already limiting the number of trips that they send up there. So Venice, Machu Picchu, all kinds of, uh, what would we call historical, uh, sites are just sort of disappearing. We, 
Stonehenge has been basically not a tourist site for 20 years now, it feels like. Yeah, um, and, and we'd, we'd gone to Venice on our honeymoon, so it felt, or well, it was one of the places we went to on our honeymoon, so it felt like a, a, a good first trip, but it's a really cool city to visit because it's so unique uh, in terms of, all, all cities are unique, but that's really special with it being on the water. I understand the cruise ship aspect too. Like, um, when we went to Aruba, uh, we would always go to town when the cruise ships were not in port because mm-hmm. if you went to the main town and like the cruise ships were there, it was just chaos. And like everyone comes and it's, it's just, you also, if it's an American cruise ship, have a lot of very entitled people coming yeah. and expecting the world to be handed to them for four hours and then to jump back on their ship. And, um, yeah, man, like I hate, I hate that. I hate that stereotype and I hate the people that, that promote that stereotype with their selfish actions. So mm-hmm. I'm all about like, you know, you want to go somewhere, like make it a destination and stay there and enjoy it, you know? And yeah, I get it. When we went to Italy, when we got married, so we got married 2002. So before we went on honeymoon, we spent uh, probably about six months learning Italian. So I can speak enough Italian to have a conversation with a small child, probably a four-year-old that's not very bright. I'm <laughs> <laughs> with my, my Spanish when I go to Spain. It's like I my like... English. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really appreciated when we went over that we could say, please, thank you, can yeah. I have, where is. And the, the and also the fact that my wife's half Greek Cypriot means that she can pretty much pass as any kind of Mediterranean stereotype. So when we went over to Italy, they assumed she was Italian. When we go to Spain or when we've been to Spain, they, they assume she's Spanish because she's got olive skin, dark hair, dark eyes. That's cool. My wife went there actually uh, 2001. Um, so right before you guys, but she kind of did the same thing. Uh, she went there for a month, I think, mm-hmm. with school. And uh, it was crazy because we had been dating for like a month and a half. And then she was just gone for a month. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, my girlfriend's going to go to Europe and like meet some hot Europe dude. And, you know, it's <laughs> all over. And, uh, you know, that I didn't know her at the time. So mm-hmm. it was not the case. But she had a blast there. But, yeah, she definitely put her time into learning language so she could be self-sufficient somewhat. Yeah. So I just went to London for my college travels. That made life a lot easier. I didn't have to learn the <laughs> language. Just had to learn some slang words. Yeah, I did not. I wish I would have, but I didn't. Um, okay. You got a lot of ask a question from ghost then. <laughs> no, 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 no. I got you I have, through all no, the gator questions. Yeah, before like, yeah because it's important because there's one I need to finish on. So we have two oh, more gator and then okay. one I need to finish. on. All right. So, Question for Mr. Monkey. Can you explain the warlock jump? I always seem to miss my jumps whenever raiding, and I need an expert jumper to help me out. Uh, Care to share some expertise for me? Uh, This falls under the trying to needle me into losing my core. So, I mean, what you might want to do is uh, check out YouTube because there's some really, really good guides for beginners on there. Mm. Um, I've heard I've heard of this series called Destiny Help Desk, but I've I've heard it's 
pretty poor to be honest so yeah. you, might want to skip, <laughs> you might want to skip that and check out some of the stuff that native raider or someone else puts out I, yeah i think raider is probably the best warlock youtube content creator like the problem with <laughs> destiny help desk is like it assumes that you know everything about destiny right off the bat so like it's great for people like us but people who are new to the game like they just they it's hard for them to pick up content from that that channel yeah. just because of how high level it is I, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> question. Question for Mister. I love the way you said that. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> question for Mister Monkey: If you could move to the states, where would you like to live? Sorry, Florida is closed. Um, from what I've seen. I know it's not technically in the States, but somewhere like Canada looks really nice. It looks a very <laughs> similar it looks a very similar climate to the UK. Um, I mean Hawaii's amazing if you aren't getting hit by space lasers. <laughs> I would say uh most of Canada is not similar to the UK, but if you moved out to uh, the West Coast, you might have a pretty good shot. Uh yeah. yeah. Most of Canada uh, gets some pretty brutal winters. Yeah, I don't I don't do heat or outdoors very often, so Oh well, yeah, dude, the Ban yeah, like the Banff area, like. Woo. I mean, I was thinking British Columbia or Victoria, Vancouver, something like that. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver, Victoria, those places are pretty amazing. Yeah. And they drive on the right side of the road there as well, don't they? Yeah. They do. Yep. But yeah. Um, okay, last <laughs> one. Where's Wendy's living? <laughs> <laughs> or Lana? Lana's uh, temperatures are, you know. <laughs> Hey, look at what Minneapolis is. Subtract another 20 degrees if you were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. Question for Mr. Monkey. Not really a question, but more of a statement. Every once in a while, you come across a really great friend on the interwebs. Uh, Nips and Fluffy included, by the way. And I just want to say you have been a great friend and an ally when things have not exactly gone the greatest in the past. And I just want to thank you. And I hope all is well with your family. I really miss our raids and the friendly back and forth we seem to share every time. And I'm ready for another raid, buddy. What a lovely thing to say. And See, I, still I, wouldn't I still wouldn't recommend Destiny Help Desk to anybody, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, I had to end on that one. That's why it was important that I did all the games. No, that's fair. That's okay. That was very heartfelt. So... Now on to the Discord questions that we've got. Oh, Jesus Christ. This is, this is our whole episode. We aren't even going to talk video games today. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Ghost, being ever so timely, wants to know, uh, to which Hogwarts house do you belong? Uh, not really. Well, I have read Harry Potter, but it was a long time ago. I've seen the films. Uh, Slytherin, because I like um, Snape. I think he's cool. Ooh, yeah. I, liked him, I, I liked him in Die Hard. Yeah. So he was great in Die Hard. I, I, I'll join the house that Hans Gruber's in. Yeah. Yeah, he was great in Die Hard. Buffy, do you have an answer for this? Uh, I, I've taken the quiz because everyone in my. Quiz, yeah. Yeah, everyone in my wife's family is obsessed with it. Like, we went to my sister in law's house for Christmas, and she literally has a Christmas tree that is just. She has a regular one, but she also has a Harry Potter Christmas tree where all the ornaments are Harry Potter. Um, so they really love it, and they my, my kids love it. So uh, I am Slytherin via the, via the quiz, and I'm also Slytherin by choice. And I, I think Mr. Monkey summed it up. Like, you can't, you can't beat, like, Snape. So. Uh, 
yeah, my my Potterverse one puts me in Ravenclaw. My uh, general urge is whatever house doesn't make J.K. Rowling any more money. <laughs> I think uh, okay. is staying for her. Uh, this one's from Soccer. Question for Mr. Monkey. How many monocles do you own? You only need one. You, so, like, there's not, like, a casual monocle and then, like, a fancy going out monocle and then, like, a sweatpants monocle? We're English. We don't do sweatpants. We don't do casual. It's top hats and cane 24-7. That's why I've not got my camera on. Oh, my God. You need to know about sweatpants. Like, a good cheeseburger, a cheap beer, and some sweatpants. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Although it is pretty fun watching uh, British uh, fitness uh, influencers go to the gym and everyone's sitting in there squatting in their top hat and tails. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to squat on your cane. That can get nasty. <laughs> oh. All right. Ghost also wanted to know if there are any type of random videos that you find yourself losing track of time watching because you just have to watch the entire video. And... If not, do wa- do not watch the laser rust removal videos. I repeat, do not watch laser rust removal videos. <laughs> I don't really watch YouTube, if I'm being really honest. Um, so no. Although having said that, um, a bit of a favourite of mine, if I'm feeling a bit not sad, but I just want a bit of a pick me up. I like watching Prince perform while my guitar gently weeps on oh, um, from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, when he sort of, uh, I showed it Hayoka a while ago and said, just before you watch the video, just a little bit of context. He'd just missed, he'd just been ignored by um, Rolling Stone's top 100 guitarists of all time. And I think he might have had a little bit of a point to prove. And he'd refused to practice with the band or said he wouldn't practice with the band and just said, you go out there and you play what you want to play and I'll just fill my guitar part in. It's so good. to see what he did, I mean, I, I saw Prince live twice, and oh, it was oh. absolutely phenomenal experiences. That was around the time of the Symbol album. Would you uh, watch that video? If you check out George Harrison's kid, he's just like got the biggest he, smile on his yeah, face. He just, he's just like he just absolutely like, blown away. He just keeps on like, he, he, just before Prince comes on, you sort of see him just look to the side, nod and smile. And knowing that they didn't know quite what he was going to do and you kind of watch the start bit of it and it's 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 really good and then he cranks it up and then he cranks it up some more and you think he can't get any further and then he keeps on going and keeps on going yeah i love that video so but good. yeah i don't re- i don't really watch much on youtube other than and then that. he throws the guitar up into the rafters and it never comes down again yeah and just walks off stage while they finish yeah. out the song it's so good <laughs> It is one of the like my three favorite guitar solos of all time. It's 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 outstanding. We need to post that in uh, Discord after the show. We will. Yeah, that that one probably tops even the uh, Clapton uh, one with Dire Straits at Wembley way back in the day. Um, God, I can't remember. Was that? Uh, one of the one of the Dire Straits songs, Clapton sits in on guitar, and he and Knopfler go back and forth. And so, if you're looking for amazing guitar solos, Why My Guitar Gently Weeps by Prince at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and Clapton with Dire Straits at Wembley. Those are great places to start. Uh, well, you mentioned Mr. Hayoka, so I think we should grab one from him. Yeah, yeah. Question for Mr. M. 
if it's not Yorkshire, it's shite. If you could get on stage anywhere with any band and sing one song, who would it be with? What are you singing and which venue? Singing skills are optional, so no cop-out. So there's, there's probably two answers to this. So the answer that I, I would probably give is given the fact that I'm massively introverted and do not like attention in any way, shape, or form. Um, I'd like to perform um, Clint Eastwood with gorillas so I can hide behind animation. There you go. The honest answer, or the, the answer that I've perhaps not given before, is I've performed on stage with a band um, to a sold-out crucible in sheffield which is about a thousand people wow so the the artist i'm really into pete he's got a comedy ukulele band called the everly pregnant brothers and they do cover versions of songs played on a ukulele and change the words and they did a version of um pet shop boys go west but it was string vest and they needed people to dance behind them wearing <laughs> string vests so I did that, uh, and it was quite nerve-wracking, but I got to have a few beers with the band afterwards backstage, so that was cool. That's cool, man. The first time you get up on stage and you see a thousand-plus people, isn't it insane? Yeah. It, it, I needed new pants afterwards, or underwear, should I say. Sorry, I can't use the word yeah. pants. That means trousers. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I, think I, was, I think I was in 10th grade, and uh, when someone, you know, uh, Pennywise punk band um, mm-hmm. said anyone who's anyone who has purchased our merch today could get up on stage with us to sing Bro Him. And um, here's me like 16 and I have a jacket. I just bought their jacket because they're my favorite band and I'm waving it in the air. And obviously they can't see me because it's Warped Tour and there's like 20 or 30,000 people like there in front of the stage. Right. But I'm, I'm really close to the stage. I'm just off to the stage left, uh, just off the corner, right up by front, uh, the front. And this dude, who's probably the size of Rob now as an adult, picks me up and just throws me over the gate. <laughs> and I just and I land and he goes, run. <laughs> and and uh, security like saw me and I ran and I. Don't try to dive on stage. And if you haven't been to like a, a, a outdoor stage like that, they're very high, like deceptively high. And so like I tried to jump on stage and only like half of my body got up there and security grabbed my legs and start pulling me back down. And the bassist stopped what he was doing and grabbed me and pulled me up on stage and I got to sing with them. But I'll never forget, like I got up there. And I'm like just shocked that I'm on stage with them and I turn around and there's just like, you know, however many thousands of people like going bananas like in front of me. And I'm just like, you know, a 16 year old kid. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like, amazing. This is, this is insane. Yeah. Yeah, that was it's it's crazy, man. And, you know. They're all excited for the band, but you can just feel that energy in those eyes. And like, it's it's surreal, dude. It's surreal. Anyways, sorry. All right. Uh, Danger as a question for the gentleman primate. (laughs) Why is Northern England better than Southern England? And why is he wrong? Well, I wouldn't say it's better. It's just different. Um, I know you've got family down um, in in the South, Rob. 
yeah. and I don't know how much if you've been up north or you've travelled up north. Just put it basically. You tend to find people are more I wouldn't say friendly, but more willing to have a conversation with a stranger. Um my mother in law is from Watford. Uh and the first time she came up here, she was amazed that strangers would stop you on the street and have a conversation with you. Because if you've spent any time in London, you know that basically making eye contact with anybody is 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 a massive social no no. So you just put you, you put your head down, you don't speak to anyone, and you just get on with your day. Uh whereas Northern England typically is probably people are more up for a chat. But that's that's massive generalizations. And I think like my wife's known noticed this. My wife's from Banbury in Oxfordshire. So it's not far from where Danger visited when he came to to the UK and went down to the Cotswolds. It's very pretty down there. It's kind of what you'd expect or how England's portrayed in the media, sort of stone cottages, thatched roofs, really, really beautiful. And my wife found it quite eye-opening when she moved up here that the architecture is a lot more functional um, because it's all heavy industry around here. So uh, Sheffield, where I live, is famous for steel. So most of the buildings are have been built with that in mind that steel production was basically the, the city's lifeblood until probably 20, 30 years ago. It's like, uh, it's like Minnesota and everywhere else, Rob, like I'll never forget, like driving to St. Louis my first time and I'm sitting in the car with my sister-in-law and we get to a red light and in Minnesota, like everyone just starts peeping around. Like, you stopped at a red light, you're like, hey, what's that car next to me doing? What are you doing behind me? Like, everyone's just kind of, like, looking around, make eye contact, maybe you nod or something. And I'm, like, in St. Louis, in the city, and my sister-in-law's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, why are you looking at people in other cars? She's like, we don't do that. We just, you know, you stop at a red light, you wait for that light to turn green. You're not looking around. Like, you're trying to get shot? (laughs) (laughs) There are some parts in St. Louis where you don't even stop at the red light. (laughs) But yeah, that, that I get that feeling. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're in the underground in London, the tube, you're not looking at people. <laughs> you're like, hey, look at that! I'm a yeah, shoegazer. I I, sp- I spend quite a lot of time in London, and I've discovered that people are not up for a chat. Um, <laughs> they're really not up for a chat. I've told this story before, but uh, one I was studying there one night. Uh, my roommate bought like five pounds of weed off of a guy at the bus stop uh, as we were heading home from the club, right? And he's like, I'm like, we don't have anything to smoke that way. And we were talking back and forth about what we could do on the, the ride back to our flat. And the woman in front of us pulls two rolling papers out of her purse, <laughs> hands them over her head to us without ever turning around, without ever saying anything, just puts it over her shoulder like, would you two shut the fuck up and just let me get to <laughs> back to where I need to be tonight? <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh shit uh let's see question from laz our uh podcast attorney at law what is your favorite gin um i'm partial to a hendrix i like hendrix and cucumber they i really like but i tend to drink whatever's cheapest to be honest with you whatever we can afford at the time there's a local uh brewery around here that that does uh, like a local gin called Loxley, which is really nice, but it's it's expensive. So 
I tend to stick to whatever's on offer in the supermarket. I can't hear Loxley without Robin Hood men in tights and the the voice yeah, going Robin or Loxley. It's it's named Loxley because Loxley's a suburb of Sheffield where Robin's alleged to have been born in, come from. Um, so so Nottingham uh, isn't particularly that far from us. It's about forty minutes drive from my house. Um, and obviously, at the time, Sherwood Forest would have been not just a, a small forest that it is now. It would have covered large parts of England. Um, so, allegedly, Robin was actually born in Loxley, which is a suburb of Sheffield, or it is a oh. suburb of Sheffield now. That's cool. So, I didn't think that there was a thing I could hate more than gin, because I loathe that juniper face. Uh, me then- too. But then you told me you mix it with cucumber, which is my mm, least yeah. favorite of all of the vegetables. So <laughs> you just mentioned like the most horrific the drink. Worst ever. drink ever. Dude, that's so funny, Rob. I also like there's very few things that I'm okay with cucumber in. Uh I, I think most of the time cucumber steals the flavor of whatever it's It just it's spoils on. the flavor of whatever it's in. It like Except overpowers for everything. Some sushi or like poke bowls. Like if it's mixed with fish and rice and it's a very small amount of cucumber, I'm okay with it. But otherwise, like you put cucumbers on like a sub or some shit and it tastes like cucumber. Do do you not have, do you not have like a raita with a curry or something? Uh, We have curry, but. So, so as Rob will testify, having spent time in London, normally if you go for a curry before the curry, you get poppadoms, which are big fried. What would you say? Would you call them chips over there? Is like that a flatbread, bread, I think. Yeah, okay. they, they, they made it. They made of lentil flour, so they're yeah. the sort of consistency of a Dorito, kind yeah, of. Kind of, yeah. And and you serve them, so so they're they're about twelve inches. Yeah, and they're huge. <laughs> yeah, so you see, so the, the the sort of traditional starter, traditional not in the Indian sense of the word, but traditional as in drunk English people, is to have <laughs> is to have a stack of those. You karate chop them, so they break into more manageable shards, and you have them with lime pickle, mango chutney, uh, this bizarre raw onion salad, which is vile. Oh, I find it vile (laughs) anyway. And a a raita. So raita is really good at cooling down um if you can have like a really spicy curry. And basically raita is like a yogurt dip. So it's it's natural yogurt with mint and really finely diced cucumber in it. It's dead nice. It's really cooling. I never touched that one. I live with the mango mango chutney, and that's about it, basically. All the other three on that, I'm just like, yeah, that's for you guys. That's fine. I'm waiting for my vindaloo. Yeah, I I I stay (laughs) I stay away from the. It is a bizarre like raw onion. It's just bits of raw onion, basically. Yeah, yeah. No thanks. Yeah, red onion is on my list of uh, most hated vegetables as well. Red onion and cucumber are the two that I'm just like, yeah, you can keep that garbage. I don't need it. Yeah. So if I said I wanted, I was going to say, if I said I wanted onion and cucumber in a gin, then is that pretty much? That's the worst. That is literally the worst <laughs> thing you could have. I mean, you're drinking it. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you drink whatever you want. Just don't yeah. offer it to me. I'd rather, you know. Have one of those gross ass pepper beers that are like not good. Oh God, yeah, thank you. Those are also nasty. <laughs> yeah, 
Everyone in my house loves cucumber, though. So I'm the odd, I'm odd person out in my house. Oh, all right. Another question. Question for the most proper. Least favorite jumping puzzle. Uh, I love Panda. Um, the transition area from Ron. I, I can't remember what the encounter is called. I, I despise that with a passion. You know the bit Which, where you have to go. You know the bit where you have to go from refuse to refuse. Oh, and you to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to, I know it's not technically a jumping puzzle because you've got the you've got the crappy man cannons along yeah. the way, or those things that you sit on and it flings you forward. But I just, I really don't like that bit. I, I really hate that one too. It took it took me quite a few runs to figure out that I just need to chill. Like, instead of pushing that one, like, if I just chill, if I just make it safe and chill and then move, like, typically I'm one of the first people to the last spot. What, so. what, I've, what, I've, what I've discovered in, in my path of self-discovery and being really, really bad at jumping puzzles is it's not jumping puzzles that I'm bad at. It's anything that requires spatial awareness when I'm with people. If I'm playing solo, I can do jumping puzzles reasonably all right. But anything that requires spatial awareness in raids, I'm awful at. So going back to what Rob said about Gator, that first area in in Vow with the symbols, I love that bit because I can remember the symbols. I know where the totems are. I know where the doors are. That's absolutely fine. The bit that I can't do in Vow is the bit at Caretaker where you have to go in the dark room and look around for the symbols. Yeah, I get yeah. I get lost. I get confused. I get flustered. Um, just leave me on babysitting. I'll babysit the big guy, but I'm not I'm not going in that room. Yeah, I definitely prefer babysitting for sure. I always take the volunteer to go in there and do that because I, I follow the uh the Morden Solus point of view. It's like it had to be me. Somebody else would mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh this one's from Z33 Kyle S13. And I'm going to modify this because I think this is what he's saying. If there was a civil war in destiny between hunters, warlocks, or titans, who would win? I think that's what he's asking. I think that's what he's asking, yeah. Well, go- going on how Guardian Games fares, it would be the titans because they're the only ones who bother showing up. Yeah, I, I feel think- like that shit's rigged, dude. I think <laughs> it's proportional, uh, like number of medals per people actually doing it because the first couple of years... It was always hunters and like by a rather large amount. So I'm wondering, I thought they had put some sort of like proportionality in there so that it wasn't just who, which one gets played the most. That, that makes more sense. I like that better. Cause I, I do have the feeling that there are more hunters than anything else in terms of actual numbers. Of, I think they've uh, always players. said, I think that, I think they've always said that the hunter player population is, is higher. Cause I think, and this is sleeping generalization, but most, most people I see who only play one character tend to be hunters. There doesn't seem to be many people who just have one warlock or just have one titan. But there seems to be quite a, a higher proportion of people that seem to have one hunter. Yeah, I can see that. But I don't know if that means they would win. But I, I don't know, man. Tit- titans and as someone who plays everything and and defaults to hunter a lot, uh, titans have a really really strong kit in a few different places and warlocks have a really really strong kit in a few different places like i guess hunters do too but um it's easier to hit triple 100s with the other two 
hunters, yeah. they really, for whatever reason, they don't get as good of stat rolls with the armor. I, th- I think it's because, really, if you want to triple 100 on Hunter, it would be the top three stats that would be the most desirable. So you'd really want high mobility, you'd really want high resilience, and you'd really want yeah. high recovery. And yeah. it's virtually impossible to get it all right. three in there. Like I've during the the quieter moments of this season, I've been trying to work on a, a few different um, get get my stats up because I've never really cared before. I'm normally around double one hundred, so it doesn't really seem to make a, a vast amount of difference. But we're all we're all finding little. Uh, mini games to play in Destiny at the minute. Um, And I've got a triple 100 as long as I use the right artifacts and stuff on Hunter. And it's it's mobility, recovery, and no, mobility, resilience, and intellect, which is just how it's fallen. Intellect's not that useful. And having such low um, recovery on it, it really hurts. I think my recovery's like 20 or 30 or something. And it's it's just not desirable. So yeah, I think you're right. I think hitting triple one hundreds on a on a on a hunter is the hardest thing. Yeah, that's that's been my experience. I mean, it's doable, but it was way easier on my warlock and titan. Yeah. All right. Next question. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We only right. got like twenty more. Yeah, only a few more. Uh, Panda also has a question for Bestie, and he wants to know <laughs> top three raids and top three dungeon encounters. So I think uh, just the encounter. So top three raid encounters. Uh, it's changed a little bit actually uh, in terms of order, but uh, probably Vault, then uh, Planets, which is by far the best bit in Ron. I love Planets. Oh, planets are great. And Exhibition in Vow. Um, but again, like you guys say pretty much every week, it's about sort of the the, the friends that you're playing with. I've had yeah. so I've had so much fun in exhibition with Gator because normally we are colliding midair um, across one of the chasms and we managed <laughs> we, we, we've hit one another midair midair probably half a dozen to a dozen times and <laughs> killed and killed one another and uh, we're we, we're like magnets and. I won't. I won't use the call out on this show because it's definitely, definitely, definitely not safe for work. Uh, but I remember running a vault with Kingsley and, and Muffin, and and it was my first time. I was starting to learn how to read in vault, and Kingsley said, "Right, you, the, the 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 way to remember which is uh, penumbral and antumbral is that you've got a pen in your left pocket, and your ante is always right, and ninja." absolutely with a straight face gave me a very 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 obscene call out which had me in hysterics for probably 20 50 20 minutes <laughs> pen rhymes with left right chuck yeah yeah that was always our call out pen rhymes with left <laughs> that, that's that's what i love about last wish as a whole the fact that you run in it and like we used to, one of the guys I used to run back with it back in the days, Lumino or Wicked, and he calls the um, the the dragon with the um, pole uh, daddy issues, 
So every time we run it, we say we say daddy issues, and everybody knows what you're talking That's about. Awesome! I love that so much. And, and then there was bird looking left, facing right, and it's just everybody knows what you mean, and it's just it's just it's just a fun raid that you can dick around with the call outs a little bit because there's not as many to remember as Vow, and it's kind of it's, yeah. it's I, I love I, lo- I love Last Wish. Yeah, yeah, it's a good one. And top oh. three dungeon encounters, anything with Panda in it. There you go. That's a good shout out. I've only run yeah. one dungeon with him, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I met Panda doing a last wish, funnily enough, and kind of we just seem to really hit it off. And we've done we've run loads of uh, dungeons together, but we've done day one ghosts and day one warlords, and they were both really good fun. That's cool, man. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's definitely yeah, he a good is. dude. Um, let's see. Danger. Question for the man who has massive tracts of land. <laughs> I need you to decide once and for all the proper name for a role in England. Uh, I, I, Rob will probably know this, but a role in England is called about 20 or 30 different things. <laughs> so, cob, bap, bun, tea cake, balm cake. It's, there's loads. It depends where you live in the country. Do, do you have one a favorite? Do you call it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we call it either a tea cake or a cob. I like it. All right. Question for Hermunculus. Have you acquired more hats from our boy Panda? I haven't, but he very kindly sent me one, which was a very, oh. very lovely gesture. Oh, yeah. What a good dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's his love of fancy hats. It's fantastic. I'm a yeah, it's, I'm a baseball cap collector, but that's about it. Yeah, we I'm joked not, about not, your fancy going out monocle and your uh, your stay at home monocle. I have <laughs> two of the exact same hat. One's my working out slash working in the yard Sandy Ravage black on black hat, and then I bought another one because that one had gotten dirty. So I had my fancy going out Sandy Ravage baseball <laughs> cap. This one's from Panda. Question for Monkey. Is there room for more art at your house? And what can I paint for you? Post your favorite art piece in Discord. You can paint whatever he likes, and I'll, I'll. You've got some pictures, so you can you can post them, uh, Fluffy, if you want. I've got I've got like I say we've got over a hundred or so prints, oh, awesome originals, sculptures, got all sorts of stuff. I will post them. Uh, there's one in. ETP that is of one of his walls. All right. Next question is from Hayuka. Question for Mr. Monkey, Mr. Lovely. If we made you the leader of UK GDC, I mean, more formally than you are already, where would we have our first convention? What activities are we doing? And which guest speakers would you allow in? Uh, pub, drinking, anyone who wants to come. I like it. Uh, <laughs> Which, what pub, if you had one pub to pick, uh, would you make it convenient in terms of like near an airport or would it be close to your home or oh, your think, favorite I pub think, that you've ever been to? <laughs> I think we'd, we'd have to go for one in London, but I like a, what I'd call like an old man's pub. So I don't like sort of anything too trendy or too pretentious, just somewhere that's honest, cheap and doesn't mind what you wear or what you look like. Yeah. I mean, our, our local pub um, is also a, a music venue as well. So they've got like a, 
a back room that they put bands on. And you, it's the sort of pub that you can turn up wearing what you want. Uh, if you want to take your dog in the pub, people take the dog in the pub all the time. I really like that. There's a there's always yeah. a bottle of water out, out the front for dogs if they want to have a drink, but they're allowed indoors. There's kids, there's families, there's hipsters. There's all sorts of people in there. So that's the sort of pub I like is, is kind of one that's inclusive. I, um, after working at a giant concert venue for eight years, uh, I absolutely want to go somewhere with my friends that I can hear them talk. <laughs> like, you know, and, and, and like a lot of breweries around here are dog friendly. Uh, so I'm all about that. Even if I can't bring my dog, I want to see other people's dogs. Your dog's not, uh, not brewery friendly. No, they sh- they would be. We just we you know we don't take them. We just if we can if we can go to the brewery by our house. I'm trying to bike there anytime I can because we have bike trails all the way there. So that means like if we can sneak out. Let's say it's not a family event, but it's like uh, my wife and I get to sneak out type thing. I don't want to drive my car, man. I want to I want to ride a bike. I want to go have as many drinks as we want, chill outside, do whatever, and then bike home. And most of the time it works out really well. I have maybe gotten caught in a storm before because I didn't check the weather before I jumped on my bike and I was like a mile into the ride. But for the most part, it's okay. Uh, the, the one time I, I did get caught in the rain, I showed up at the bar and I, I had left my rear fender in the garage. So like I showed up and I immediately just walked to the bathroom and cleaned the mud off of the mud streak off of my back and my pants because like... I just got <laughs> completely drenched, like right into the to the uh, brewery. But it was more like the spray from my back tire than anything else. Yeah, so our our locals probably five minutes walk away from our house. Oh, that's um, nice. But because it's like a, it builds itself as a community pub, so it's 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 linked to a local brewery uh, called oh, cool. Thornbridge, and you tend to get, like I say, you get all sorts of people in there, but outside at, at the front, they've got like a, um, a boot scraper. So it's like a, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like a sort of C-shaped metal bar with the two prongs sticking in the ground that if you've got like really muddy walking boots, you can just kind of scrape the, the, the mud, the, the worst of the mud off them. Yeah. So you tend to get, you tend to get like a lot of walkers in, who, who, who sort of stop there because Sheffield's built on seven hills, so where we live is really, really high up above sea level. So you tend to get quite a lot of walkers in there. So they'll walk in, bring the dogs, scrape the muddy boots off, and, and have a pint. That's awesome. Um, I suppose it's me, huh? Uh, let's see. Last one for you. And then we got one for Rob. Uh, this one's from Soccer. Question for Monkey. What is your most or favorite memorable destiny moment? I've got tons. Um, and it's always... As you, like I said earlier, you guys say every week, it's about friends. So yeah. I remember playing with um, um, WVU Avenger. I don't know if you know him from yeah. DRP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, I used to play with him quite a lot, uh, Avenger. I think for some reason he's he's sort of time scales or, or time uh, schedule seem to meet up with mine. So I used to play. He was probably the only person in DRP or the first person in DRP I actually physically played with. And we, he was trying to help me get Outbreak, um, and we were failing miserably. We, we were struggling to two-man it. We were getting towards the end, but we just kept on running out of time. So he said, hey, I know, I know this 
this this kid who can come on. He's really, really good, but um, he's quite young. So that's how I met a 15-year-old soccer. He We tore through outbreak. And obviously, 15-year-old soccer is as good as soccer is today. Yeah. Uh, we tore through outbreak, and he just said, have you got Wispy yet? And I went, no. And soccer said, right, well, I'll help you through the jumping puzzle, and eventually I'll just go and deal with the rest of the stuff. So I remember that sort of soccer helped me through the jumping puzzle. We got to the final boss room and everything was dead. Um, <laughs> and that, that's how I met soccer. And I've known soccer ever since then. So that's what, six, seven years, maybe. That's he's cool. Good, he's, good, he's good people. That yeah. mission was stressful. It was. Uh, trying to get through that and the timeline, the time limit you had and stuff like that. There were some, there were some very frustrating goes in that. So well, it's nice and to have two- someone help you out you had to make it to the final room to get it. So like you, your friends could like clear shit, but if you couldn't make the jumping puzzle, like you had to do it all over again. So like a lot of my carries, like I think I only went in that mission once where I made it to the final room with everyone else. Cause I was so bad at jumping. A lot of the times it was, you know, whoever I was running with was just killing everything before I could even make it there. Okay. I'm going to ask this because it's to you, Rob. So question for Rob. Ask myself my own question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Panda. Question for Rob Zombie Slayer. See what I did there? Uh, what's my best approach to solo farming for a good zombies kit? And I have an answer for this too after you, Rob. Yeah, for me, uh, because I've had my fair share of uh, crashes, so start back from zero and stuff like that, is uh, I will, if I'm coming in with nothing and trying to start anew, I will... Uh, Run a few Zone 1 contracts. Normally, you'll get at least one self-revive out of there. Um, I'll try to stack a couple self-revives. And once I have a couple of self-revives stacked up and I have my guns pack-a-punched, I will go into Zone 2. You're guaranteed a three-plate vest if you do a Mercenary Stronghold. So you can get your three-plate vest from the Mercenary Stronghold. And then uh, once you start poking around in Zone 2, you have a better shot of getting a rucksack, large rucksack. So, otherwise, if you're feeling really confident and you got your gun pack a punch to zone or to level two, uh, you can buy your rucksack, large rucksack from zone three. Um, so, if you're, if you go in and you see there's a couple of uh, spots where the buy stations are right at the edge of zone three, so you can like fly in, buy, and get the heck out. Because when solo, I don't want to hang out in zone three very long unless I absolutely have to, because it gets a little bit rough. Also, if you're the first person to zone three, like yeah. zone three, if if there's three or more people there is better. But yeah. zone three, if you're the first person there is, I mean, it's it's crazy. But I mean, in this situation, like you're coming in with nothing, you're going to take a while to build up the money and all that kind of stuff to get in there and buy it. So by then there should be some people in there. But even still, like unless I have multiple uh, self-revives banked. I don't want to hang out there very long. And even if I do have multiple self-revive banked, if you get into a bad spot in zone three, you can burn through those real quick and not even get out if you're not safe. And then you lose it all. So I usually kid up pretty pretty slowly if I'm trying to kid up. I'll use like one run to just be a kid up one. I'll, you know, get my level two or, you know, run contracts in zone one. Easy contracts, like not the tricky ones, not ones that involve mercs because I don't have anything yet. So, uh get some self-revives, hit up a mercenary camp to get a key, hit up a stronghold to make sure I get myself my three-plate vest. Then I'll go look for a, a rucksack somewhere. Uh, you can buy self-revives in Zone 2, so once you're comfortable there, you can 
stack up a couple of those, and then worst case scenario, go if you don't find one, buy something in Zone Three, and then book it to an extraction point somewhere safer. Um. So I'm I'm gonna just take a different approach to this because um, I've learned my lessons. Uh, I had my first uh, solo get knocked down and plead for help and sit there while someone drove across the map and was really cool and revived me. Actually. Three people showed up. By the time the first person showed up and I finally got revived, two other people showed up as we were killing the horde of zombies coming at us. That's um, awesome. Thank you, yeah. guys. <laughs> so I think it's, I think if you, let's say you have some options going in, I think, I think if you can do a depth perception on a solo run, that's huge because that allows you to see through walls. It makes looting way more efficient. Um, you don't, if you're solo, you don't want to be in a position where you're going into buildings and you can get cornered. That's how I got, that's how I went down. I had good weapons. I had pack-a-punch weapons. I had a bunch of cans. I went in fully kitted, but I got, I got caught in a corner and I got caught in a corner and I couldn't jump out and there was too many zombies to move. And I think that's really like those types of situations can really bite you in the ass very quickly. You can be really kitted out and just get screwed. So it is good to know too, like with death perception, that's a really great shout because rucksacks are only ever in lockers. Yeah. So you have to look for buildings that have lockers, lockers, cash registers, and special chests are huge to be able to hit up when you're trying to look for that stuff. Um, you know, if you can do a reload or you can do a juggernaut to help your health or reload speed, that's really big too. If you're going solo, um, I, I really, really highly suggest going in with a secondary melee weapon, ideally something akimbo, if you can dual wield something melee, because what that does is not only are they very strong, like maybe more strong than some guns, um, they drop meat just like explosives do. And the reason that you want meat is because you want a dog. If you are going in solo and you can get a dog or two, like that is, that is your lifesaver because a dog will res you. If you are solo and your dog is alive, your dog will res you when you're down. So then you can have self-revive, you can have a dog to res you, you can have a dog to kill things for you, and you're running depth perception so you know what you want to loot and where you want to loot. And that really, really gives you a big safety net for staying alive. So I am a huge, huge fan of finding a doghouse and then farming zombies to get some meat to get that dog. Um, I think I, I didn't realize their self-revive capabilities until I had that bad run. And I just happened to pull a dog after I got revived. And someone had told me before, I just forgot. And that dog revived me two times on my exfil. Yikes. That's yeah, awesome. I was, I was doing a solo exfil and I went down and the helicopter was, I was trying to play it safe. Like I was in the water. I came out of the water and I just got mobbed. Like I just, you know, and I already, tried to jump on the helicopter, which is always the most annoying thing in the world. You try to jump in the door and the zombies body you. And now I you're like, I can't get in the door. The first time I made it five feet onto shore. Like I, do I dove underwater so they wouldn't even see me. I went down the shoreline. I popped up on shore. I had good guns, but I had already gone down. So I lost all of my soda cans at that point. Yep. And, and I had a self revive. So I was running to the, I was going to try and run to the helicopter quickly. And I went down and the dog, the dog resed me and I was able to run to the helicopter. And then I got downed right at the thing for the helicopter. So I just crawled around to the helicopter dog res me again and i was able to get out but um i think that i think that you know definitely a dog in depth perception is your friend 
Solid advice. We are actually, you know, it'll be too late by the time I edit this episode, but we're actually streaming Zombies with Panda here in four and a half hours. I would say uh, you might miss tonight's endeavor, but uh, Fluffy's been streaming a lot on Twitch lately, so get over there and check him out. It's uh, it's pretty good, plus it'll give you the chance to see a shoe collection, which <laughs> everybody who's on the show gets to see and enjoy. Uh, although it is, those ones- it is a thing of beauty. <laughs> the ones uh, behind you to your left side on the bottom rung above the calendar are, are pretty muddy. Can you use a little bit of a cleaning there? They, they're no. looking a little rough. A uh, little rough there. Those are trail shoes, man. Trail shoes only get clean if you're running through water or snow. <laughs> the, only reason, the only reason the ones that these yellow and white ones look clean is because the last time I wore them was in Michigan and Lake Superior. And I was going along the shoreline and so many waves were hitting us because it was so violent that day that they just got soaked. And so they got clean uh, by being beaten by frozen like superior water. But otherwise, yeah, I'm all about the dirt. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for the questions. We just did like an hour of questions. That's like our longest (laughs) questions in some time. So uh, thank you, everyone, for the questions. And thank you, Monkey, for being such a, uh, you. you know, likable member of the community that people come out and ask you questions you get somebody like uh nessie on here and you get like two questions like (laughs) why do you always use the hard f (laughs) (laughs) oh when you guys were we don't need to get into specifics but when you guys were trying to bait nessie this week in clay's (laughs) discord that was great oh Poor Nessie, it's the busiest time of year for him, and so he's, like, working 12, 14-hour days, and we're all just giving him shit during the day. (laughs) Yep. Let's see. Oh, uh, Destiny news. Um, PvP League is starting next week. It is is unfortunately closed, so if you were interested, you missed your opportunity, but it isn't like we didn't post everywhere and give ample time. This time, if people show up and... aren't super annoying whiny babies, we'll do it again. And I yeah. feel like we're in a pretty good shape with the people involved and we're not going to get a lot of whiny babies, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, We have we have 10 teams. Um, people have been really, really respectful in DMs. Like, Rob, you haven't seen it, but I've had people like Panda hit me up and he's like, hey man, um, I just found out one of my teammates might be gone week one. Like, And he was asking about subs and like if things were okay and if I needed to vet them. And, and uh, you know, it's this is a fun league. Like, we're not, no one here is winning anything. We're literally just shooting friends in the face. $10,000 first prize. If you're going to be missing, you need to get somebody with the exact KD you have. Yeah, yeah, we're over that. We've done (laughs) shit like that in the past. We've done KD balancing, team balancing. And you know what? The most fun is when you can be with your friends. Um, But I really, I really have been getting good vibes from everyone at every skill level for this um, league. You know, Dex came out of retirement, downloaded Destiny again. Val came out of retirement. Um, some, some fun friends are coming back and some new friends are joining us. So this one's five weeks. Uh, I think we're going to do it again. Like Nip said, if it, if it works out well, we even have ideas for how we're going to structure it next time to even make it more fun as far as like seeding and all that stuff. You had some good ideas. So, um, I'm excited to see how that kicks off. First game will be Tuesday. I know I'll be streaming all my games. I know some other people will also be streaming games. So even if you want to come watch, have a couple streams up, um, we'll make sure that those are all posted uh, in in Discord so you can hang out. Yep, absolutely. It'll be a lot of fun. Let's see, what else, Destiny? Uh, I 
I was going to do my drunken raid with Raider or my drunken story stream. You know, I think I think I yeah, it was about Saturday that last night. Time. You were going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. We started running and Raiders like maybe we should play trials. And I was I, dude, I was already buzzed. So I'm you, like, dude, you had gotten a little <laughs> bit started for the drunken story mission stuff. And now all of a sudden I have to try. Yeah, and I and like I'm not great at trials anyways. Like I love playing, um, but I prefer to be sober because I don't want to be a detriment to my team because I'm already at a disadvantage. Uh so I'm always game to play something hard, but at that point in the night I'm like, dude, I can barely PvE and you want me to go play trials. And so I'm like, nah, nah, let's do this, let's do this. And dude, I think we did one or two missions, and Raiders like, nah, this just isn't fun. And so uh, Panda and Moose and uh, Tajo were around. And so we're like, okay, let's farm Ron. Like, I don't have a shotgun yet. And we got one successful clear. I think we did one reset and we got one clear. Uh, totally did the scumbag thing where we joined LFG groups to get the, uh, I think it was Moose and I, I think it was Moose and I, joined an LFG group to get get the checkpoint and we started it and then purposely jumped off the map so that I'm like, I'm really sorry guys. Can we restart it? And they restarted it so we could get the checkpoint and then we dipped because we're assholes. Oh my God. (laughs) We couldn't get a checkpoint. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're horrible people. Um, so we got, we, I think we, I think we did one run and we, we reset, got a clear and then Spooks and those guys were doing a drunken raid and they wanted a 6v6. And Native's like, we got a 6v6 set. We got a 6v6 set. We're like, okay. So we jumped in Blueberry Lounge and there was like 20 drunken people talking and it was chaos. And I maybe should have muted my Discord audio for the stream. But we played, we played one or two sixes games and I'm like, okay, guys, I need to go farm Ron again. Like, this is, this is fun, but this is chaos. And I'm streaming. So let's, let's go do that. Dude, we, we we ran Ron for like, I don't know if it was one hour or three hours, but we ran it for a long time and we did not clear it once. Like oh, we no. farmed the boss and, and I have never, I've never had issues farming the boss, but I had been heavily drinking at this point. And I, I, you know, with the diet, I've not been drinking much at all. Right. So I was... I was gone and I was having the time of my life. Like I did not have one moment of stress or negativity. It was all like sunshine and rainbows and fun with friends and shit talking and whatever. Uh, but yeah, you do a horrible job of calling out the shoulders. Yeah, no, I, yes. Yeah. So I, I would hit the shoulders and I didn't know that there was a bug. So I would pop the right shoulder, pop the left shoulder and the right shoulder would appear again. So I'd pop the right shoulder again and then I'd de-scope and forget to like, or I'd hit the chest and then I'd de-scope and forget to look at what the mist was. Um, so I was only doing like 80% of my job. I was doing the 80% really reliably, but the important part, I was always like, uh, light. (laughs) 80% 80% of the work, but like 10% of the importance. The 90% yeah, yeah, of the, the importance other, you, are, yeah. you are missing. Anyone could have done what I did successfully. The important thing I was supposed to do, I missed every single time until I suggested that someone else do it because I was doing so bad. Uh, I was doing great, like being a decoy. I think he only got me once, like, you know, grabbing his gaze and everything. I was fine with that. Like I was warlocking around. Um, but yeah, it was... It was funny because it was the least successful farming I've ever done in, I think, my career in Destiny. Um, but it was a blast. So, 
I mean, you know, friend game over loot that I don't care about, right? Awesome. What have you been up to, uh, Monkey, with the, the super long season? I know you hinted earlier that you've been working on trying to get your stats up, but what other yeah. Destiny things have you been up to? Um, I've been doing what I normally do in Destiny. So, so I sort of play Destiny in, in predominantly two ways. One way is I just sit there and do bounties. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's my antisocial, I'll stick a podcast on. And I normally play it either early morning or late, or not late at night because I don't really play in the evenings, but I'll play it sort of early morning or before I sit down to watch TV with my wife. And I'll just stick a podcast on, not have any game music in, and then just do my sort of eight bounties per vendor, nine ritual games, three solo chests, three solo raid chests I do every week on all three characters. And I sort of just do that. And that's kind of just like my... It's just like, like a nice bit of I, I it, it helps my mental health because I can listen to a podcast. I can be playing Destiny. I can be do, I'm doing a couple of different things at once. It, it blanks out the work noise, um, and then I sort of reserve weekends or or other times just to play with friends. And if I don't get any bounties done, I don't really care because I've already done all my bounties for that week. And I've today I've hit season rank five hundred and ten, I think. Somewhere around that. Wow. Um, I am somewhere but, between season rank five and ten. <laughs> <laughs> so yesterday, um, Panda, me, and Mister Powers did Starcross Legend. So I've not, I'd not got clear on that, and I don't think Panda had either. So we did, we did that for all the catalysts for the bow. So we did that last night. That went. That That's went cool. pretty smooth. That went pretty smoothly, actually, but it was quite confusing because Danger was on Warlock, and Panda was on Hunter, um, <laughs> and I wasn't expecting to see. I wasn't expecting to see either of those two run those two classes. But yeah, that that went pretty smoothly, and I'd been working on, I've been working on solo in that anyway on Legends, so I'm relatively comfortable that I can do it. So like, but it was nice to just get it done and cleared. Um, I've over Christmas I dabbled doing it solo a little bit so i can get i can get to the i ran out of time but i can get to the bit with the or just past the bit with the three red locks so it's only the 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 room just before the final boss that i think will be quite tricky but other than that yeah so i've been doing the normal bounty stuff and then played with panda and mr powers last night cool that's cool i saw they were playing um gambit too i think right before right before i went to bed Panda went live for a second time yesterday. And I just, I, I was watching a show with my wife. I just wanted to see what he was up to. So I just pulled it up on my phone real quick and I saw that they were loading into Gambit. And I was like, huh, interesting. Yeah, I love Gambit. I play it quite a lot, actually. I, draw, I do Gambit I draw, over, a, over a strike any day. I do Gambit over PvP, which I know is probably heresy to say to you guys, but yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not me. I mean, PvP is it's fun, but I'm not very good at it. But it's fun. I'm not very good at it, and I and fundamentally, I think the problem is I don't care whether we win or lose. So, which 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 makes me a massive detriment to any team I'm on. And I only ever play solo anyway, uh, Crucible. So, I definitely do not really care in in like regular Crucible, and for sure in Call of Duty, I do not care if I win or lose. Like, I want to play well, um, 
but I stopped caring about about all that stuff. You know, Sometimes, for, like, what does it what does it do for you, man? Like stressing over it doesn't achieve anything, man. You need to have fun, no. you know. Some sometimes the only time I do play PvP with friends is sometimes because I normally get up around midnight Eastern. Um, I have to convert yeah. everything to Eastern because there's certain so, people who listen to your podcast so at certain times. Yeah, that's the only time zone they understand. So I'm normally <laughs> I'm normally playing around five a.m. and then sometimes if if I'm banners on, I'll I'll jump in with Gator Zaniac and some of the other guys. But that's the only time I really play PvP, and that's because it's with friends. Yeah, it's the best way to play it. I mean, yeah, I would much rather play scrims or PvP League coming up than I would, like, actual things, because I don't care about the rewards. And it's uh, much more fun to put up a, a clip with friends. You're like, oh, look at the sweet collateral I got with people's <laughs> names that I like versus, like, or in no versus, like, two random guys on the internet, so... Oh, well, I do need to bring the sumo emote back so that I can do the sumo emote after hitting a collateral because that's really the only way to go. But it looks even hot. I did. Uh, I actually did forget that I did. A, I also ran a dungeon this past week. Uh, oh, did you? Yeah. After you, well, on Monday, after you and Panda and I ran zombies, you jumped off. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was funny because we. I was streaming and I was like, well, let's go play D2. And I was like, well, I got um, I got the story. Like, I haven't finished the story yet. Maybe we run a little story together because like Panda was Panda was trying to be polite. And he's like, well, do whatever you want. Well, I'm indecisive <laughs> and I don't know what I want. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, let's try doing the story. And we, we load into the helm and I start talking to people and like instantly started regretting going to the helm and running the story. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, this is not what I want to be doing right now. And I was like, hey, you want to run a dungeon? And we put it out to chat and Drogon jumped in. And we did Warlord's Ruin in 40 minutes. Uh, so we just kind of flew through it. It was great. It was like super smooth. That was a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. I guess the other question we didn't ask uh, you at all, Wonky, is uh, is Destiny your only game, or do you play others? Um, probably six months ago, I would have said it was my only game, but as it's a longer season this season, and most people know who, who kind of know me. I've been sort of crazy busy with work, and my mum's been quite sick recently, so I've not been on D2 as much, and I've kind of... And also because I'm quite cheap. I've got a backload of games on PS Plus. I don't really like. We haven't got tons of disposable income. So uh, just before Christmas, I started playing Saints Row, um, which, is, which isn't which is exactly a, a masterpiece of a game. Uh, but <laughs> is it a Saints Row 4 or...? It was the is it like a reboot reimagining? I, I don't know. Okay. It, was, it, it was free on PlayStation anyway. So I picked that up and it's... I say it's not it's not nowhere near a masterpiece but i've been playing that on and off um because it kind of suited the fact that rather than kind of invest a couple of hours playing destiny and kind of doing stuff or having to be social i could kind of just log on do some little side missions faff around in that and it was just like a quite a nice little five ten minute job so i've been playing That's that cool. on and off um and i think 
I've never played it before, but I think I might start Alan Wake um, soon because that was free on PlayStation Plus. So any free games I've got in my backlog, I'll 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 pick those up and play them. But predominantly, I play Destiny, uh, and when I'm not playing Destiny, I'll be doing other real life stuff. Like I, I love cooking, um, so I'll I, I find that quite de-stressing just stick a podcast on or stick some music on and, and go and do something in the kitchen. So that's cool. Funny you should make mention Alan Wake because uh Lulu is playing Alan Wake 2 right now. And when we had Khan on a few weeks ago, he, Alan Wake was like his favorite game of all time. And so he was super excited about Alan Wake 2 as well. So probably a great one to start. Get into that first one, see if you like it. Because I hear <laughs> two is very good as well. On the cooking side I, uh, sit, I'm sitting down here in the basement and Karina's been cooking this soup for four hours and the, <laughs> the smell of the meat is starting to make it down here into the basement. And it is, uh, <laughs> this, uh, beef, beef vegetable stew is smelling amazing. Ah, uh, yeah. I, so, find, I, I find, I find cooking very therapeutic. It's fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a, sounds like at least from basically talking about how you run bounties and how you do cooking, it's just. It's a way to clear your mind and just sort of not have to focus on the real responsibilities and just sort of enjoy what you're yeah, in. I, I think I think because I I find work quite stressful at the minute, having something where I'm not because I've got a podcast on, so I'm listening to something and I'm doing something with my hands and my eyes, work noise doesn't start creeping in. I don't start getting that that noise of did I send that email? Did I write that report? Did I save that spreadsheet? The, all that sort of stuff that's normally going on in my head is silenced for a bit, so I, I quite like that. That is nice, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I'm one of those weird people who listen to music when I read. Uh, so I will be blaring music while I read, and it is it just sort of takes me out of the world, right? Like the music is there to like for the auditory thing. And then as I'm reading, I'm like playing the video in my mind as well. And the, whatever I'm listening to is sort of like the soundtrack of the movie that I'm reading. I, uh, it made me think there's no way I could focus on that, but you made me think about something last night. Um, I ran my three games of comp and then ended up like drawing, right? Like I had, I had like the three streams going, like I was watching con and, and, um, I was watching Spooks and Native and just hanging out in their Discord. And I'm drawing, and I, this is like where I I was drawing Native. Actually, he didn't know, but I'm I'm just jamming out, like talking to Khan and in via text, and then talking to those guys in Discord. And I'm I'm like getting into my drawing, you know, and glancing up every once in a while, and all of a sudden I hear, uh, "Did we got to check on Fluffy? Did he just get kidnapped?" And I'm like, what? What are you guys? What are you guys talking about? And they're like, you started a sentence and then just in the middle of it, just stopped talking. Because <laughs> 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 so I'm listening to Con, I'm listening to them talk, and I'm drawing, and I just apparently started talking to them, and then just like really focused on whatever line I was doing or whatever on my on my iPad, and just stopped talking altogether. And they're just like, yeah, man, it was kind of funny. <laughs> There's no way I could listen to music and read. <laughs> It's it's a thing that I've always done, and uh, now that I finished the season of Reacher, the second season of Reacher on Amazon Prime, uh, I'm going back. I just finished the first novel last week, starting the second novel. I'm going to go through all whatever 
eight, ten, twelve, eighteen books of those that I have uh, and reread that whole series. That's cool. Uh, it was funny. I went and read a bunch about the author. The author's a British guy, and he's like, I wanted to do this with this wandering guy, but uh, the UK is too small to have a guy who just has no home and wanders, so I had to base him in the US. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't take you very long to wander around here. Oh, there was an author. I think he was actually an American guy, but he just basically walked around the UK and wrote about his uh, his travels there. And I can't remember his name now, but the book was really, really good. Like, uh, it's going to bother me now. But basically, yeah, it's just a guy who just, he was like a professor and moved over to the UK and just wrote about walking some of the historical trails in the UK. And it's one of the most peaceful reads I've ever had. Have you ever been to Whitby when you've been up here, Rob? Where? Uh, a place called Whitby. Whitby so Whitby's, no. Whitby's probably the closest coastal place to to us because we're in the like, sort of slightly northern centre of the UK. And yeah, Whitby's yeah, where, where Whitby's where Bram Stoker got the inspiration for Dracula from. There's a big Ooh. gothic. There's a big gothic ruined abbey on a hill that overlooks the town. And he was staying in Whitby and he got the idea for kind of Hotel Dracula. And that's where all, all the Dracula mythos comes from. Yeah. And we, we used to go to Whitby all the time with the kids. Cause like I say, it's the closest seaside place to us. And it's just full of people, uh, basically goths. It's just absolutely <laughs> rammed with, with goths. And there's kind of, um, it's a really bizarre place actually, because it's, it's got all this kind of like gothic architecture, loads of goths, uh, Bram Stoker museums, all this sort of stuff. But it's a it's a fishing coastal town as well, so you can have fish and chips and sit next to people with black eyeliner and black makeup on, eating fish and chips as well. It's quite a bizarre place. Yeah, the furthest I've ever actually like stayed for a day north is uh, Birmingham. We went there to yeah. just get fucked up on curry. It was basically a food trip. Was to just yeah, go to Bur- the Birmingham curry shops in Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham's ama- amazing for curries. Is it? I go to Birmingham quite a lot for work. Um, my manager's based in Birmingham, and most of my team are in Birmingham. And there's a place right next to our office called the uh, I think it's called the Indian Brewery Company, and they do like amazing English um, Indian fusion food. So you can get like masala fish and chips. So they cook the fish in like oh, a, in like they, they cook the fish in a, so they're, they're a brewery as well. So they've got, you've got the big uh, stainless steel vats at the back of the restaurant and they, they make like a, their own pale ale and they do the beer batter with the pale ale that they've made infused with curry as well. It's amazing. It's a really, really cool place. All right. Well, that's on my checklist. The next time I go back, <laughs> Yeah, Birmingham's about an hour and a half south from us. Yeah, it looks that way. Yeah, and then everything else, like from Birmingham, everything else has been, you know, skipped over. And then Edinburgh is like where I've hung out there, but that doesn't count because while it's north of Hadrian's Wall, it's not England. Yeah, we took the kids to Edinburgh uh, probably about 10 years ago or so. It was really, I, I like Edinburgh, I'd been before. Um, but the kids loved it there, really liked it. It's fantastic. Every time I go, I do different things. Like when I was a kid and I was up there the first time, we talked our uh, 
our tour guide from the Scotch Heritage Whiskey Museum to take us out on the town in Edinburgh. So we were all like, you know, 19, 20 years old. And so we had, you know, it's some college kid doing the tour guide there. And we're like, hey, you should, we're, we're going to be in town. Where should we go? And she's like, well, come to this place. And me and my friends are drinking there tonight. So we all like went and hung out there for the evening. And then the last time I went, it's like, I'm with my mom and my sister. So we're not partying out the whole time, but we're going to like, walking up to the hill and watch the sunrise over the coast and stuff like that. Uh, Edinburgh just feels like a town with where whatever you want to do, you can do. And it's beautiful and it's fun. Have you been in the camera obscura? That's really good fun. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. The kids, when we were, when we took the kids to Edinburgh, so it's probably maybe eight years ago, maybe a bit less. I think our daughter might've been eight, nine, somewhere around there. They absolutely love the camera obscura. That was kind of their favorite bit and kind of going up to the castle and seeing the cannons set off and all that sort of stuff. It's, it's a really cool place. Yeah. I have a bad memory of the cat, the castle and the camera or the cannons. My first time up there, I uh, rolled my ankle on the cobblestone and you know, when you roll your ankle, sometimes you try to like <laughs> run it out because you like stumble, but you don't want to fall down flat on your face. So I like, tried to roll out, run out the, the ankle roll, and I caught the cannon mid-thighs and went flying over the cannon. Ooh. And there's like, there's 18 million tourists there, right? It's like one of the more popular <laughs> places in Edinburgh. So they just see this guy. I was, I was, you know, I'm a big guy, so I was probably about 275, 280 pounds at that point in time. So they just see me go flying ass over tea kettle, shoes up in the <laughs> air over this cannon. It's just like, okay, well... Now my ankle hurts and my pride hurts, so that's great. <laughs> that uh, the first place that monkey talked about reminded me of uh, Z- or of uh, techno goth night uh, in Albuquerque when we went for tacos. <laughs> <laughs> techno goth night and Whitby. <laughs> we went to goth uh, places in the future. <laughs> yeah, it was. They were wonderful tacos, and it was quite the experience. Yeah, the the sitting there and just being like surrounded by goths. Yeah, I can see how that does a. Uh, <laughs> interesting combination now because of the Albuquerque endeavor. <laughs> uh, what have you been playing, Rob? Uh, just zombies for the most part. Um, now that I made my year of making pro rank in Gwent, I've been having fun just playing garbage decks and not caring about making it to pro rank when I've been sitting around doing that. And then I talked last week about, uh, or maybe two weeks ago about getting a game called Peglin and I've been playing that a little bit once in a while. So, which is great fun. It's not, you know, it looks super easy when I watch people playing it online. And then I started playing it and I'm like, this is not super easy, but I haven't unlocked everything yet. So, um, but yeah, it's a lot harder than it looks. So hats off to those people who make it look easy. Cause now that I'm doing it, I, it's not <laughs> easy. I got some zombie runs in too. I, I played with you and Pando. Um, got in a zombie run with Troy from tea time gaming. Um, we had some good runs. I th- I told you this, Rob. I didn't share it on the podcast, but uh, we had a run where we we had some easy runs, and then we're like, let's just go in stacked and um hit level three and just just try and just get into the storm. And none of us took the time to actually look up what you had to put on the altars to get into there. Um, so we just stood in the middle of the storm and we're like, okay, now what? But uh, Troy had his um, Troy had his uh, proximity chat on and I had turned mine off because his was on. So I was getting double voices and I was just like, well, I can turn off in game or I can turn it off in discord. And I left discord on 
because um, I was streaming and that way the stream could hear them. Well, we found these guys and they were they were doing the, the cheese. And so uh, they dropped us all like they dropped us like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, they were dropping legendary tools. They were dropping legendary crystals. They dropped every single wonder weapon in a case. Um, <laughs> they were, you know, three, four of every single weapon. And because they had proximity chat on, Troy started talking to him. And we were like, hey, uh, Troy and his buddy wanted to do the end of story too. That mission, that special yeah, yeah. mission. And uh, the guys were like, well, you want to do some bounties with us? And so they, we all joined up. So we had a six-person team running around tier three. Oh, God. And yeah, and everyone's kitted out. Like these dudes joined us. And one dude had, after giving us hundreds of thousands of dollars, still had 940k and his friend still had 780k after giving us like probably a million dollars uh and so we jumped in with them and we were just destroying shit you know like just absolutely destroying shit and i had um i had the century gun cards and those yeah, are yeah. super valuable in tier three so every time i saw a century gun i was activating it so like we had sentry guns that were just killing everything so did did stories with them until we were running out of time and we're like, okay, let's go do our tier two extract, do the story two mission. And we exfil and it goes to the next loading screen and my game crashed. And I lost everything, everything in my backpack. And it sucks because they had given us money and then we went to the soda can station. And so I had everything on. Like I had every single soda can on. I had a backpack full of just gold items and yeah. I had tombstone on. Yeah, yeah. So like they, I just sat in their lobby. They finished their story two mission and Troy's like, well, you had tombstone on. So let's load back in and see if it's there. It was not there. Nope. It does not save you when the game crashes. It only saves you when you die. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. So if you die, great. Your tombstone's waiting for you. You can go pick up your stuff. But if your game crashes, it uh you lose it all and the tombstone doesn't proc so yeah that was that was hard because i i would have exfilled with all with a backpack full of gold stuff like it was just yeah. all like legendary tools and crystals and it was like oh cool i'll be set to do solo runs all i need you know um so i did that and then uh kids are hardcore into fortnite uh, my oldest daughter is hooked and I'm so stoked because I love shooters and I love that she's getting that bug like she is really getting the bug. So we played a little bit Friday last night and then her friend came over for two hours. So um, so she hung out with her friend and then when her friend left, she wanted to play more Fortnite. And I was like, OK, cool. And so uh, she asked if I could stream. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll stream. Uh, so I threw up Fortnite on stream late last night and uh, we played and it was cool because like um, Dex and Qual and a couple other people jumped in. And my last run, dude, I was on point. Like I got a gold, um, I got a gold gun off of one of my first kills. And there was like a good two or three minutes where we were fighting people and like we probably had like four or five groups converge on us at this center point at like, it was really quiet. And then all of a sudden it was just madness for two or three minutes. 
and it was and I dude I pulled off some kills where like someone was shooting me and I was shooting someone and I dropped the person in front of me and quick turned around and dropped the person that was shooting at me and then would have to like see gunfire coming from a different direction and I'm telling my daughter to rotate and she's taking people out too and it was yeah it was really really cool man it's cool to see her grow too because now she's like uh like taking people out you know she'll she'll drop you know three or four people a match now when we when we fly in and she's really smart about movement and and cover and and what weapons to use at what ranges so it's really cool to see that um and so this morning um i i was talking to her and she really wanted to play and i had just woken up and i'm like hey you know i i'm gonna drink this coffee and I need to finish this native raider drawing that I'm doing that I started last night. So let me outline this drawing, finish my coffee, and then we can play before our podcast. And she's like, oh, I just really want to play. Maybe I'll go in solo. And I said, you know what? I go, it has matchmaking. And I'm like, you might get horrible teammates. You should probably assume you're going to get horrible teammates, but maybe drop into a duo or a trio with matchmaking. And she's like, okay. And so she gives it a go and she won with a random <laughs> duo. That's awesome. Yeah, so like she and she got the final kill too. So like she's playing and she's like, we're doing really good. We're doing really good. And then she's like, there's only five people left. And like, so I I stopped what I was doing and went and sat down next to her. And sure enough, she landed the last kill and secured the victory. And I was like, dude, all right, man. Like you dropped in with a random. You had no mic, no communication. And you guys like went all the way to the end. Um. So that was super cool. And then she jumped in with me and we played a couple games before the podcast. And uh, uh, it was fun. It was really cool, man. Yeah. It's fun to get to play with the kids. It is. It's cool to see them grow into different styles of games, too. You know, and, you know, it was only a month ago and she's like, I want to play Stardew Valley and Pokemon and Roblox, you know. And Minecraft, like no interest in shooters at all. Now, now she's sending her friend out to the door after two hours so she can get back to Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, and now now she's like every moment she's like, "Dad, you want to play Fortnite? Dad, you want to play Fortnite?" Which I'm all about, man. Like, thanks for coming over, Denise. But you got to get the fuck out. I got to go play some Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. And the little one how too. Old, it, how old's your daughter? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, no, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. So uh, my oldest is in fifth grade and my youngest is in third grade. And it was actually the third grader that started playing Fortnite solo that started all of this off because her friends were playing. And she just she's like, Dad, can I can I download this game? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And she just started playing. And then we we she wanted me to play with her. And I'm like, "Ah, Fortnite isn't really my thing. Let's try Lego Fortnite. Um, based off of, you know, what I had heard from the Discord and people liking it. And then that turned into, okay, let's play a shooter together after after a few Lego Fortnite sessions. And now now they're both just like, yeah, let's let's shoot people. <laughs> is, is fifth and third grade around sort of eight and ten age? Is that? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So she was 12 and nine. Cool. So. Yeah, I guess converting to English uh, school ages, fifth and third, is, <laughs> yeah. right, doesn't mean as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's cool. That is awesome. Uh, yeah, that's all that. That's all I got for video games. Yep, and I've been doing a ton of video games as much as I've been, you know, 
Well, I haven't been working out as much as I want. I'm getting a little bit going, you know, getting there. It's so cold this week. Like, it's yeah. been hard to do anything. We've had a few days where the car had a hard time starting. Yeah, it will test your battery, especially if your car is sitting outside. It'll, it'll, it's holding it'll, on. It's holding on. <laughs> you know, you did, the one thing that's good about living in the Arctic tundra is uh, you find out really fast if your battery needs to be replaced or not when it gets cold because that, that weather will just kill it instantly. And you're like, oh, I guess you need to be replaced. <laughs> it hit 12 yesterday when I had to go to light therapy. Definitely wore just a hoodie and flip-flops. I'm like, yeah, buddy, it's warm now. <laughs> yeah, we're going snowboarding tomorrow, and I think we're going to go after lunch. And I was talking to the wife. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's going to be like mid to low teens. And she's like, after double digit negatives for the past two weeks, she's like, I'm sure it will feel fine with the sun out. And I'm like, OK, yeah, let's go for an hour or two. Uh, I, I actually am proud of myself, though. Speaking of fitness, I. uh I've actually been going to bed at a decent hour for the most part and getting some sort of fitness in every day this week. Awesome. So, yeah, that that that's really been helpful. Yeah. Chad pointed out that uh, February is 29 days. I said I was going to go to the gym every day in February. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I had the real 28 days planned out. And then uh, he's like, hey, it's a leap year. And I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, well, you were running your mouth on the podcast, and I'm like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> All right, well, I guess I'm going 29 days in a row. <laughs> I think we have an episode on the 29th, too, as of right now. Uh, yeah, right. we do. So we'll find out. It'll be like the final day, right? It'll be the yeah. 29th day of your, your gym circuit. So, Oh, it's going to be a thing. I've not been very good, so I got to get my... The problem is, the best time for me to go is early in the morning, right? But when it's this cold out, early in the morning means it's like, even on the days where I got up to 12, it was negative temperatures in the morning. So the car yeah. has to, like, my car doesn't even have time to warm up to get from my house to the gym. So it's like, I just go into the gym cold on those mornings. And that's really a hard motivator to, like, I just need to, and I, I have not built up the discipline to do it. So I just, like, roll over and cuddle with a warm dog. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel you, man. I need I need to get my ass back outside. I've been doing a lot of treadmill work, and you know, there's some there's some about propelling yourself on a treadmill versus doing it on actual pavement or in the woods. It's uh similar but not the same. Well, shit. Should we uh, add some music and call it yeah, a show? Probably worth it. It's like that time of night. I actually I'm still trying to get my workout in before we play zombies tonight, so I am for it. I'm going to try to get myself some of that uh, stew up there that smells so freaking good. I mean, that sounds like a better plan. Uh, the, before we start recording, the wife's like, would you like me to make you a uh, afternoon Moscow mule? And I was like, yes, I want that, but I haven't worked out yet, so I have <laughs> to say no. <laughs> that means double for her. Yeah, 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 right? Well, I mean, that's I... the thing. Like, the cans that we buy to make them makes two drinks so it's it's more beneficial to make two at a time did she know you were doing a workout fluffy do you think this might be a subtle plan to say i want two moscow mules but if i say i want two you might get a bit pissy so i'll say <laughs> do you want one? Oh no 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 i'm I, I support whatever she wants to do i actually give her shit <laughs> if i walk into her office in the middle of the day and she has like a 
like a beer or something sitting next to her PC. I'm like, huh, beer over lunch today, huh? <laughs> it's a working lunch. I don't know what you're talking about. Everyone has beer over lunch. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's all it's all good. She's she's been very supportive uh, and understands that sometimes if I'm going to work out, it means I'm going to be absent for two hours or three hours or whatever it might be. So. It's pretty cool. So right. if you have to record a podcast with an English person in the yeah. afternoon. Yeah, she's like, Who's po- <laughs> whose podcast are you on today? And I was like, oh, it's our podcast. We're just doing it with someone in the UK. And she's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. What's Ben got for us? Ben has got You're the Top by Jerry Southern, uh, which looks very interesting because the album is called Jerry Southern meets Cole Porter. Um, so I have no idea what it's going to sound like, but I bet you it's going to be amazing. My uh, my daughter sat on this drum throne last uh, from playing Fortnite earlier today. And um, we probably should have returned this when we were in our 20s. But the drum throne that we bought from Guitar Center when we were in our 20s that I convinced my wife was a way better investment than a stool for because she was into painting and she was looking for something to sit on and I'm like dude get a drum throne like it's way cheaper than a stool and it's adjustable height and it's comfortable you're not sitting on like a hardwood you know surface or whatever well the like no matter how hard you crank it it slowly just sinks all the way down <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> yeah, so, like, even my kids like my kids will sit on it i will crank it until my hand hurts for tightening the collar and it just slides all the way down. And we were we were too stupid to return it. We kept it for some dumb reason. Anyways, my kids sat on it before the show. So normally I bend over like to type on on the laptop to enter this stuff. And now it's like a good like foot and a half off the floor. So I'm like like pretty much doing a forward <laughs> fold to add these musical <laughs> tunes to the list today. So oh man. Anyways. Uh Mr. Monkey, what do you got for me? Uh, so I thought coming on on here, I'd pick something that was at least hip hop adjacent. Um, so I've picked a song called Gold Teeth by Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip. Ah, the second Dan Lassac versus Scroobius Pip on the day four playlist since uh, yeah. your uh, and I, uh, <laughs> letter I say, from God I, to Man uh, yeah, <laughs> made it out the, from the first one. This one's a little bit more lighthearted than that. So, Letter from God to Man, I think you described it as um, angry, shouty London poet, um, <laughs> which, is probably, which is probably not too far from the truth. But this one's a little bit more lighthearted. Anything where the main sample says rappers wear bling because they want to look pretty isn't too serious. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Mr. Rob, what do you got for us? Uh, you know, I have been thinking about what I want to actually go with. Um, and I think in the end, I'm going to go with uh, more Euro trash because, you know, I love it. We're going to go with Mr. Vane by Culture Beat. That takes me way back to the 90s. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> and underage drinking in bars that I really shouldn't have been in at the time. <laughs> Oh god! There's like could... a couple different remixes of that one too. Oh well, we got other. There will be more songs to be put on. That's just uh, 
for the next week or the next month, I'm just going to put on remixes of uh, Culture Beats, Mr. Vane, I guess. <laughs> Dude, it was speaking of Reacher. Uh, I watched the last two episodes last night on the treadmill. I think it was yep. yesterday on the treadmill. I watched the last two episodes of Reacher. And uh, there were some there was two songs, one on each episode where I was like, oh, this is such a good pick. Yeah. You know, and it, you know, it didn't help that it was like a really good scene too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was very close to putting one of those on this week. Um, instead, uh, this song came out last week. Uh, it was on my release radar. Uh, it's by Chris Webby and Bria Lee, and it's called Nowhere. And uh, it's a fifty percent like female vocals. A really solid beat, and then Chris Webby kind of doing his verse at the end. And uh, uh, I'm a Webby fan. I mean, uh, the only song you've ever put on him is the Twist Again song, and it oh, is yeah. so good. Every time that comes on, I just like I can't help but like bounce my own shoulders to it. Yeah, that's a, that that beat and that hook on that song is really good, really really good. So, well, hopefully you like this one too. It's it's um. I had to listen to it like three or four times because like I was doing stuff as I was listening to it and I get like halfway through. I'm like, fuck, this is a really good song. I better make sure it's good all the way through before I put it on the playlist. I'd start listening and like I'm jamming out and I just get lost in the song. And I'm like, I wasn't paying attention. I was just enjoying the song. Like, so, yeah, hopefully, awesome. hopefully you guys like it. That. You'll have to, yeah, you'll have to keep it going because I'm like 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Ah, uh, thank you, uh, Monkey, for joining this week. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me on. We definitely need to get you on again, and we can talk uh, maybe once Destiny, you know, new season comes out, or we can not talk Destiny and just talk about, you know, habits other and stuff. Uh, <laughs> other stuff, because uh, you seem to be a man of the world, which I appreciate. Thank you. All right, thank you for having me on, and thank you for accommodating my time zone. And, oh, Fluffy yeah, managed, and Fluffy managed to convert it correctly. Yeah, he knew it this time. I was so excited. I was like, uh-huh. I saw it was like one o'clock central time. And I'm like, I need to do like three days worth of dishes that I fell behind on. And it's going to take me a little while to do all this. If I start and then we turn out Fluffy fucked up the time zone thing. And I'm going to have to go <laughs> down there like covered in dish soap and stuff like that. I'm going to be so mad. So I had to, had to check first. You know, the, the good news is, like, typically if I fuck something up once, uh, I I have, like, a mental, like, spot to, like, not fuck that up again. You know, not maybe not with Destiny or video games, but, like, with real life stuff. So, I, I think I checked, like, the time zone thing, like, five times. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have to get our next British guest in that one week where it's not the same. So, one week in the spring, one week in the fall, uh, where it's five hours and seven hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll fuck with you, too. Uh, well, Mr. Monkey, I do, I really do appreciate you coming on. Um, I, you know, I, we are going to have you on again, but I think even more importantly, man, we haven't played in quite some time. So I would like to, i like to be better about that, too, because I do enjoy playing with you. So thank you. We'll, we'll be making that happen soon as well. I'm, I'm. I'm trying to learn or balance video games and friends with getting sleep and exercising and training. Uh, so it's been it's been interesting. 
you know, like trying to be like, okay, I want to play games, but I also have to get like more than four hours of sleep. So, yeah. And I mean, I, I think it's well known that my sleep schedule is not particularly very healthy. Um, <laughs> I, I tend to have about five hours sleep most, yeah. most nights and it's probably not that healthy, but then I'm one of those people that when I wake up, and I've said it a few times on the show, when I wake up, I, I start to get that noise in my head and it's kind of, I can't then go back to sleep. I've just got to do something to, to silence that noise, yep. uh, which is, which is normally video games, especially at that time in the morning. Yeah. I, I like, I don't fall asleep fast either. So like I have a bad habit of going to bed at like midnight and then laying in bed for an hour or two and then waking up at like six, six thirty. You know, so it's typically somewhere in the four to five hour range of actual sleep, Um, Mm. you know, mixed with children and dogs waking me up in the middle of it. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm quite good at getting to sleep. The problem is, is because I get up early, I tend to want to go to bed reasonably early. And because our kids are teenagers, they want to go to bed about 2 a.m. and get get up about midday. So they they'll our daughter likes walking around her room listening to music uh because she's got headphones on she doesn't realize that she's slamming doors and (laughs) (laughs) oh that's so great dude oh Oh, my god i love that (laughs) Um, well i was asleep (laughs) (laughs) uh i think the only other thing is guys um we do have a store again it is live uh, I put it in Discord, um, and we have some new designs. Uh, I have another new design that uh, I uploaded today, but they were building the proofs for it, so I gotta go through those um, probably today or tomorrow or Monday and make sure that the proofs look good before I release that design, but there's a sale going on next week, so I think it's like $14 t-shirts or something like that. That shacks oh. is beautiful. Thank you, man. I really, I really, really love drawing that shacks. It took, it took a long time, but I, I'm very happy with how it turned out. Plus the options at the store are amazing. There's three yeah. different types of hoodies you can get. Yeah. Jackets. It, yeah. There's like four right. or five There's three different, different types of, of pullover hoodies. There's also zip up hoodies. If that's more your style. And if we it have, is, that's not a great thing. You should not be a, a zip up hoodie person. Be a pullover hoodie person. I, I like both. So, you know, you have a don't friend like in me. Fluffy. Don't be, don't be like fluffy. Just don't buy a crew neck. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, jo- I'm going to join, I'm going to join you fluffy because if I ever pull over one, when I lift it up, I expose my, uh, my less than desirable man body to the world. So uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to see that. I've learned from streaming that it, and like podcasting that if I have to take my hoodie off, I go off camera to do it for that exact reason. Because <laughs> you will look at my moves and you will enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the store is cool. And, you know, the other thing that we have, Rob, that uh, I guess I haven't even told you yet, but I'll just put it out there. Um, we have athletic fit shirts now, too. So like dry fit stuff. Not Nike dry fit, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to do a very basic design, uh, I think for the fitness club, okay. um, because, you know, having a dry fit shirt and then having a bunch of print on it gets really annoying if it, you get sweaty. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking really basic design, but I'm thinking that might be kind of a fun prize for whoever wins the weight loss thing, uh, because it's a shirt that you can exercise in. 
and uh, maybe make it personalized or something. Um, but either way, uh, it's, it, you know, we do the store and stuff because we like, we appreciate people who want to support this, the show, but we want to give you something back in return, right? And so the store is a way that we can, we can offer you a way to support us and also get something for yourself besides just the podcast. So um, the, I have designs on ice. I have designs that are, are being uploaded. We have a couple out there now. Um, and hopefully we'll just keep new fun stuff coming out. We'll return, have some returns of some favorites like Grumpy Raider and stuff like that too. <laughs> um, but, and I'll, I'll be really good about posting sales because their sales seem pretty great. I mean, $14 t-shirts is my type of price point. So. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, Mr. Monkey, thank you again for coming thank on. You. Bud. Thank you for having me. Um, and now this important message.